0: G'day, listener. Uh, normally, I do pretty big uh, or a fairly comprehensive edit to to get rid of all of Darcy's apneal pauses and any moments of extemporaneous stupidity, which might otherwise mar the program. I'm not doing that for this one because it talk. It's very manifestly a pre-U.S. election episode, and it feels it would feel foolish to me if we released it after the. American election, uh, which is only in a couple of days, and I don't have the time in the next couple of days to do this edit job. So if there is anything that you find objectionable or shitty about the sound or about anything that we say, yeah, just yell at us at weaknessforbleakness at com. and uh, if there's anything that requires addressing, we'll address it. But I think it should be fine from memory from when we recorded it. Uh, we finished a couple of minutes ago. It's a long one. Our first episode uh, recording in person in quite a long time. And we got got a bit carried away with the joy of it. So maybe you want to listen to it over a few a few sessions. And that's okay as well. Anyway, good to see you. Here's the episode. Good afternoon, evening, or
1: morning, dear listener. <laughs> Shut up, Kieran. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I am... Darcy Moran. Sitting to my left is my good friend and colleague, Kieran Stevenson.
0: Hello, listener.
1: And you are listening to another recording, delayed for the purposes of editing my apneal pauses, of Weakness for Bleakness. Mm -hmm. Drop the song. A
0: modest house, a picket fence, a couple kids, some common sense, a job to pay your mortgage or your rent. When all these goals are understood, but misery is a public good So come and feed your sorrows till you're spent Well just to come, the captain said, the iceberg's only dead ahead The men will keep the engines fed, I have a deal with God We're at the end of history, there ain't a hope for you or me When workers philanthropically believe in the economy But what to feast the tired eyes, the poison earth, the boiling skies And everyone there own damn spies, remember when the world was wise well, No, no, no And we're back. Yes. uh, Wonderful introduction, Darcy. We're in person. We've done it. We defeated the coronavirus. We have, single-handedly,
1: by staying in our respective dwellings, Uh being miserable, relying on weird software.
0: Yeah, yeah, relying on weird software that didn't interface properly with the recording equipment, which I'm noticing is a trend for a lot of web software.
1: Yeah, everyone Uh, sounds like they're speaking from the bottom of a fucking well.
0: Yep, yeah, it's... It's been a trial. It's been the long night of terror, but we did it. We, the tribe of Victoria, headed by our Messiah, Daniel Andrews, who we all hashtag stand with uh, and cannot fault. Is that foreshadowing, Darcy? Darcy? I uh, I certainly hope it's not foreshadowing anything, here, and that would
1: imply that something terrible might have happened.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't know. We'll see if anything drops in from the ether from into the our From the colonial brains, administration any, if if of Her Majesty's Victoria. But it's not where we're starting. Uh, it's good to be back in person. It's, we, it's been a little bit of a gap since our last uh, episode, just about long enough for me a- to trick myself into thinking that I'm good at this again. Uh, it's been a little bit of a gap, but it's a good way to come back in person.
1: Indeed. Indeed it has. And this is a particularly
0: lovely day to be out and about in person. Gorgeous day. First of, second of November, I've, <laughs> I have <laughs> been forgetting what day and date it is almost every day. <laughs> I legitimately think I lost a day last week. I think I was in a fugue state for a day. I yeah. fully, fully just lost, I think, Saturday last weekend.
1: I've uh, I've been reaching the end of my kind of psychological discipline endurance. I uh, which is a problem because I still have three weeks of university left, mm-hmm. and yeah. it's, it's not a slap subject. Corporations law it's quite intricate. There's a lot to keep yeah. track
0: of. So you've really got to bear and down. I'm really just daydreaming, just as <laughs> like yeah, bilio. <video. laughs> yep. This, yeah. Uh, this lovely sun is not helping. Of course, during the lockdown, I had all of. Semester two, basically to myself, because I wasn't teaching, because the university sector is collapsing. Now the sun is out, the lockdown's over, and I go back to work soon. So Marvellous. Inverted. Inverted. I would much rather have this summer off and have been able to earn money during the year, but that's alright. That's the sort of dystopian hellscape that we live in. At least we are not... One of the many uh, sad victims of circumstance who we will will be discussing this week. This feels very fucking, like, languorous and a bit directionless and probably not very fun to listen to. So let's let's fucking crack on. It's November 2nd. That means that tomorrow... Our listeners don't like
1: pleasant things to hear. (laughs) They wouldn't be with
0: us if they enjoyed listening to pleasant things. No, no. But we could start maybe if we start a Patreon Maybe if we start a Patreon our bonus episodes could all be very slow, pleasant, largely subjectless uh discussions.
1: Yeah, we could do an audio book of something that's out of copyright?
0: Yeah, a public domain rating of some fucking insane- You see some of those public domain books from, like, 250 years ago, and it's just, like, some Englishman who thinks that turnips are the basis of a healthy diet and give you virility. So, he constructs a, an entire picaresque around the this hero who eats turnips and goes and shows the people of the Philippines what true manhood is based on his turnip consumption. Absolute insanity, because they didn't have Twitter back in the day, did they? No, just turnips. So turnips and the the... desperate
1: bid to romanticize turnips otherwise known as the Brexit project.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Brexit went on. Oh, they're the British people. The poor sods. With some horrible slogan like turnip up. (laughs) Yep, Boris Johnson saying, the, the, for the French market... I can't do a Boris Johnson. The French market needs good quality English turnips. And we will deliver
1: uh, <laughs> our, our busloads of good British turnips uh, to the <laughs> French people. And that is a bozza guarantee.
0: <laughs> uh, your, bo- your bojo is uh, quite good. It's November 2nd, Darcy, which means that tomorrow, actually two days from now for us, but tomorrow by the date, is the US general election that's right where they vote for their
1: electoral college representatives Mm. who uh will depending on your view of things ignore half of the recommendations given to them and just Mm. do a block state vote for one of two extremely interesting and effective future presidents (laughs) of the united (laughs) states of america
0: it's so fucking uh i couldn't care less in a way (laughs) In a sense, like I do, I want to the see- The yellowed skeleton of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. I do want to see Trump lose. I'm not a monster. I'm not a contrarian or an accelerator. No, I want to see it lose.
1: I, I really want to see but, the look on his fucking just infected hemorrhoid of a face when he realizes yeah, he's lost. That would be wonderful for that's me. That's
0: about the only joy that I that I have uh, the uh, prospect for with this election is schadenfreude for seeing Trump eat shit. That's fine. I'm not a, not at all enthused about a Biden presidency.
1: Uh, if Democrats don't win the Senate as well, yeah, then it's it's gonna be a uh, a disaster.
0: Well, Democrats yes. have
1: to get for, for there to be any chance for them to kind of like I don't know fix the shit the mess that they've made. Yeah, um, they have to get the Senate.
0: Yeah. And that does assume a willingness to fix the mess that they've made, although There is that. that very, is very question. incrementally, it is hard to imagine that they could be worse than a Mitch McConnell led Republican Senate.
1: It depends on the degree to which the social democratic faction, which is still very green mm. in, in, in in its youth, has the capacity to influence the liberal democratic faction, which yes. is essentially the source of
0: most of the world's problems at the moment. Yes. I think almost nothing i don't have any optimism about pulling biden left I, i'm happy to be wrong i would love to be wrong his How- public mm.
1: statements suggest that he has not so much been pulled left as kind of gently tugged left yeah um i think if if, if the democrats can establish some really basic government mechanisms like an independent electoral commission responsible for drawing up boundaries for example <laughs> yeah um, then maybe the Republicans would be just out of business for, for, for forever yeah you know, I mean history. if they could and do some big minority rule would be ended government which would be nice reforms that would be good I'm
0: not I don't know basic who knows ones.
1: basic mechanisms of sound government
0: yeah, yeah yeah but yeah they don't they're equivocating about packing the courts and stuff so we'll see we'll see I don't know the sun is out my brain is putting Uh, When it comes to the U S election. you
1: can probably tell us what Joe Biden will think is a good plan. (laughs) What would you do? What would I do? Putting brain (laughs) Kieran,
0: the closest I've been to Joe Biden. Uh, I think I would make a national holiday centered loosely around the abstract concept of unity. Yeah. And I would institute a massive police crackdown on the inevitable protests. That took place on that day there will be some pretty substantial reactionary backlash uh yeah i don't know uh either way who do you think is going to win the election
1: i think biden's going to win the popular vote by a larger margin than hillary clinton did i think maybe double the margin that hillary clinton did i think that's extremely likely i have absolutely no idea how its distribution will translate into the electoral college though which is yeah, the pollsters say that they have corrected for electoral college distribution in a way that they weren't in the 2016 election. Yeah. Um, and if they are correct about that, then the data suggests Joe Biden will be the next president of the United States of America. But they haven't. Or I haven't seen them explain how their new modelling works. It would be a mistake to trust people like Nate to to (laughs) have corrected their mistakes. I don't know.
0: I mean, definitely allowing for just the extrusion of chaos from the sort of undifferentiated terror realm of the real uh, breaking into the the fantasy land of liberal ideology. Uh, Always taking that into account. I think if there are no massive errors, I think Biden as president is quite likely. And it depends more on Trump legal fuckery than electoral college distribution. I think they'll probably retain the House just based on no analysis of my own, but just what people have been kind of saying. I haven't seen any of the very serious people expressing any concern about the House. Yeah, the Senate is the question. I think most people kind of think it's probably going to swing Dem, but it's definitely the most contentious. They
1: have to win by such a margin to flip the Senate. Do they? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they we'll have see. to have like a ten point gain to flip the senate.
0: Yeah. I mean, that is within the realm of possibility. It is within the realm we... of possibility, but it's as... disquieting. Yeah. 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 It's definitely a long reach. So... As is hearing myself agitate for these fucking bloodless. Well, it doesn't matter. Troops. Ultimately, it doesn't matter. So you might as well indulge in a little bit of sort of, I suppose, recreational if... <clears throat> wonk wonking.
1: Yeah look if if the democrats do take the senate and they do not address the problems like the structural problems in the american electoral system yeah then they do absolutely deserve everything that will subsequently happen to them yeah i'll put it that
0: way i think that that's i think that's a real possibility i'm worried about tom cotton 2024 that's really where my mind is at in terms of seriously taking into account uh american federal politics electoral politics Tom Cotton, who has basically never wavered from just really wanting an actual war with China, which I feel like, I mean, I think America would, that could be
1: pretty bad, you know, when in the short term, China's military is very underdeveloped compared to America's. Yeah. And, and, and America has a lot more combat experience to draw from. I don't think China's really, have they done a war since like the fifties? I don't think they have. Well, I mean, they've that's not a occupied territories and stuff. They have, yeah, but that's sort of. I think it, I think of, it would be a mistake a to exercises. underestimate
0: their ability to uh, to mobilize forces. I think it would also be a mistake to. It would end the world one way or another. The Americans, like yeah, not, yeah. It <laughs> we'll would be, be a bad. very short-term <laughs> victory. <laughs> Whoever wins, we lose. Ha ha! Like the movie. Um, we yeah, lose Japan. Yeah. I love Japan. I don't want Japan. Oh, to be... yeah. Japan is good. I was going to get a PlayStation 5. I don't want to have to get a fucking Xbox. Well, it won't be till 2024. So it might just be the PlayStation 6 that you want be on. able to afford a PlayStation 5 before 2024. <laughs> You'll be, you'll be able to buy one on the second-hand market just before the first bombs just drop because afterwards fall. the fucking the, the cost will go right up unless the economy collapses. And
1: I'll then you still might be, be
0: waiting line. for my fucking pre-ordered copy of Cyberpunk 2070. <laughs> <things>.
1: um,
0: <laughs> just, we just need to fix one more bit. Yeah. I, ju- I just hope that uh, Hidetaka Miyazaki finishes his collaboration with George R R Martin Elden Ring before the bombs drop.
1: Is this the VR... Thing,
0: I don't think so. Unless there's been some release, it's just the next in the Souls-like oh, series of games. How interesting! I
1: have not heard of this.
0: That's because they released one trailer like two years ago, and nothing since. Oh, but, I see. But that's same, that's the way they do it. They release a little trailer, and then you think that it's not happening, and then they release a big trailer and say it's coming out next week. That's how FromSoft do it.
1: Well, I suppose it would be very against FromSoft's whole mm. kind of ideology of aesthetic narrative to release a detailed trailer, wouldn't it? That would be... Yeah. It would probably have more detail than the actual game, if that was the case.
0: Yeah, that's true. I just finished playing through Dark Souls 3 again so I could do the DLC. Mm. God, it's good. The DLC is so good.
1: Uh, I've heard Dark Souls 3 is less of a, like, skills test than the original game. Is that so?
0: I don't think that's true. It's different. It's got a different vibe. It's more like, more Bloodborne esque in its combat system
1: i liked the bloodborne combat system
0: yeah i think i i think i like the dark souls 3 combat system maybe slightly more than the first but the first game is still the best obviously it's, it's a masterpiece anyway mads gets upset when i talk about dark souls on, on the podcast so. <laughs> <clears throat> fine so the u.s yes it is off topic probably probably biden will see how it goes with the rest and presumably we'll do a podcast after the election
1: we'll do a podcast after the election um it may be slightly delayed from when it would be relevant because i have an assignment to finish but uh we'll see we'll see how we go
0: i'm sure whatever the fallout is it'll have well, more than a couple of days we can wait until power. the
1: until the uh, votes have all been counted
0: anyway yeah i mean could, it could might take a, few, f- a little while might ages a, a little delay might be good because we'll need to see what happens with the the, milit- the militias and that's right and you'll this, be an undated listener with fucking yeah Speculation and and, and bombast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You'll have your own shit to listen to. Your own fucking hairbrained, hairbrained fucking idiot analysis from other morons who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. <laughs> Only they'll be earning six figure salaries to to be idiots, while we just fucking do it for free. Like
1: you can listen to Amber's uh, size of exasperation as Matt Christman
0: oh, ties yeah. himself in some sort of extraordinary knot. Well, he's been he's been getting quite. Uh, quite philosophical in a sense about electoral politics lately. The grill pill phenomenon has a bit more weight to it than I thought it did at first.
1: Ah, well, I'll have to explore that.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you want.
1: I like exploring
0: Christman's... uh, He's an interesting man. ...sojourns through various intellectual territories. It's Virgil I feel bad for because he's got such a... a a profound love of wonkery that, that I feel like he has trouble dealing with the... the the material realities of it sometimes, maybe. Which is unfair. He's coping a lot better than the rest of America's wonk population. Oh, yeah, 100%. (laughs) He's also the only person who was sane enough to take a six-month sabbatical after fucking Bernie dropped out and just went like, I'm fucking done with this (laughs) for a little bit. Came back. He's doing good. We love our boy Virgil as well. Yes, we do. All right, well, let's... uh, From the US federal election to the Australian state election, Queensland, they had an election. Tell us about that one, dickhead. Uh, Labor won.
1: Get fucked.
0: Yeah. So the the main things that have come out of it is the One Nation vote fucking collapsed in a really, really profound way.
1: That was the most enjoyable thing to happen this week yeah. for me. I was very happy. I was very happy to see Pauline take it in and be very unhappy. That was good. Yeah. She was as dignified and graceful as any petty fascist is when they have a treat taken away from them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's happened to her so many times. Her shit... Previously popular shit just becomes suddenly very unpopular that you'd think she'd be used to it by now. You Fish and chip going shop. Going back
1: to the fish and chip shops when she'd have a good day of sales and then everything would be returned with angry yeah. demands for refunds. This fish isn't
0: cooked. And she'd be like, <laughs> what are these Asians like? <laughs> I thought I
1: loved raw fish.
0: Yeah, she fucking... I bet you. I bet you $100 that she said that at some point.
1: Sushi doesn't traditionally still have bones and intestines, but... Otherwise, yeah, it's a significantly
0: <laughs> higher grade fucking fish than you'll find the in the average regional fish and chip shop. The brim. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the One Nation vote collapsed, which was good. The Greens vote surged in a big way. Yes. It a massive swing towards them. Uh, it only translated to one extra seat, I think. Well, that is how these things tend to work out, but it's still but somewhat they, heartening. Yeah, and they came a, like close in a lot of seats that they didn't expect. Does Uh, this,
1: do we we know if this has anything to do with the transition from the Di Natale um, liberal centrist Greens to the Adam Bant Social Democrat
0: Greens? This is my understanding. Uh, Oh, fuck. What was the name of that dude? I meant to look that up before we started recording. I read an... uh, (laughs) Kieran is being the informed one for this episode. I I think it was Jacobin that did, uh, that transcribed an interview that Tom Ballard did on his podcast, Like I'm a Six-Year-Old with a Greens guy, uh, who had was a former Labour Party member who quit in disgust when he realised that the left faction could never uh, take and hold serious power in that party. Uh, and then signed on as an independent... Just hold that thought of, in
1: mind, listener.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, signed on as a sort of uh, a non-member uh, to aid in a councillor's uh, election push, I think. A local in a local election <clears throat> and basically uh, helped to with under the leadership of this, this councillor candidate uh, to pioneer like the, the working class focused uh, green policy platform, which involved a lot of door knocking, a lot of talking with people, a huge, uh, a huge get from one nation voters who felt uh, completely completely, unrepresented by the two major parties and wouldn't you know it that poor reactionary dumb people usually have uh a lot of things in common with uh left-wing politics they just don't realize it because uh left-wing politics (laughs) is less represented in our media and uh culture than fascism is so
1: Certainly treated with a great deal more skepticism than fascism (laughs) is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so this guy, uh, did this interview where he talked about how, uh, that strategy had been very successful for them, uh, and gotten them huge gains. And this was in Queensland and how it had been taken up, uh, by the state party as a kind of approach. And that I think in the last election, they got they sit around 10% basically all over the country and in every state. Uh, that's the, the kind of classic thing is the greens never go above 10% and they went up to like 15% or something in the first, uh, election that this strategy was kind of tried fairly new. And then this one, uh, I'll see if I can find the Queensland state election greens, primary vote. It was significantly higher, uh, than last time. So basically the greens, the greens did, uh, really fucking, really fucking
1: well. 15%. That means they've effectively gone from pulling one third of the primary vote that labor and the LNP can expect to accrue doing Mm. well to half of it, which is a pretty fucking promising increase, frankly. Yeah. Um, that, that, that speaks to a potentially new strategy for a newly exciting Greens party.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the the big... It was... I think there were four, four potential seats that they could have won. They had one. They had one seat, and they could have won up to four. I think it ended up coming down to two seats. Uh, I think it will end up coming down to two seats that they won uh, in total, but with, like, primary votes in those seats in the 40 upwards percent so Mm. and the big story of course is the seat of south brisbane where amy mcmahon won against jackie trad and this is where it gets into the nexus of something that i would like to talk about which is the friendly geordies election interference news corner (laughs) 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 friendly geordies he when people actually watched him when I watched him and when he was decent he was making little videos that basically uncovered liberal party hypocrisy corruption graft all of that shit and media collusion and media collusion collusion. yes yes uh breaking into he has a team of researchers who seem to be very good at their job breaking into the numbers being very explicit about how the narrative how right-wing narratives were crafted in the media and how you know the Labor Party, as he always framed it, would be much, much better for for people than the LNP.
1: However, he was also quite good at taking
0: the Mickey out of the left in a in a frankly very charming way at first. Yes, at first, at <laughs> first, this changed uh, when he started actually getting paid frequently uh, by the ALP, by the ACTU, in uh, usually in kind of underhanded sort of ways uh that you wouldn't expect from somebody who uh depends who who touts media honesty as such an important thing but basically he became a labor party hack uh more that he was always labor well, he was always
1: very clear that he sp- kind of you know spoke on behalf of the labor party yeah but he got, well, that, yeah, yes i'm you know but it, he he didn't you know he, he's not like some sort of uh, Joe Hildebrand figure who pretends that he represents yeah. a different <laughs> faction of politics to the one that he clearly does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Although we still don't know if that's because Joe Hildebrand is
0: just a complete fucking simpleton. It's hard I to say. I think he definitely is. It's just hard to know how much that plays into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Geordie's be- basically became actually ensconced in the Labour Party. got a lot of access and privileges and, and contact with... people and he became shit basically he became very anti-left he came back to my attention recently when he did a a hatchet job on the auwu the australian unemployed workers union a fine organization of which i'm proud to count myself a member although i'll probably have to change from unemployed member to solidarity member uh they do a lot of fucking work in helping people, particularly with navigating Centrelink, that labyrinthine uh, hellscape. Mm. So whenever somebody has to deal with Centrelink, you can get help from the AEWU. Basically, one of their members, who's a bit of a cunt online, their press guy, and he is a bit of a cunt online. I'm surprised that
1: friendly Geordies should take exception to that. Yeah, it is se. interesting. Anyway, <laughs> he...
0: he Blasted uh, Friendly Geordies because Friendly Geordies was uh, blasting Cam... Well, what's his fucking name? Cam Wilson, I think, maybe, who used to be at BuzzFeed News because he had published something about labour uh, Friendly Geordies getting pub, uh, paid by Labor. Fuck. So it's like this whole... Friendly Geordies attacks. He holds personal grudges, like, very deeply. And he attacks people based on them. This guy, the AEW guy, stood up for the BuzzFeed guy. And it basically led to Geordie's publishing this hatchet job video on uh, the AUWU, which used three sources, one of whom was anonymous, so I have no information on. But the other two sources I happen to know about earlier, extremely suspect sources. And it kind of threw uh, the one thing that you could always say for friendly Geordie's is that his shit's very well uh, researched and that his (laughs) sources are good. This time it's like, oh, but I know who those people are and I know that these are lies. Or whatever anyway terrible video uh and then he became very anti-greens or his anti-greens sentiments deepened
1: yeah he's always been obsessed with the fact that the greens betrayed labor on the emissions trading scheme or the yeah. cap and trade scheme yeah. whichever the are, yeah. are those even different i can't remember it was so long ago
0: whatever technocratic bullshit i uh, was so
1: uninterested <laughs> in it at the time i still am <laughs>
0: Yeah, the Greens were what got locked out of negotiations with Labour, and so they couldn't sign off on it. Uh, whatever. It's it's easy to call it a mistake in retrospect, I think. Point is, but
1: it was a mistake in retrospect. It, it pales in comparison to the litany of Labour mistakes that have taken yeah. place since, like, what, 1898 or whenever it was. Yeah, yeah. It's not locking <laughs> people up fucking up in... cascade of disasters that have been yeah. Labour Party policy and planning.
0: Yeah. It's not trying to, to gain uh, hosting benefits for Prison Break Season 7 like with... Labour's offshore immigration policies. Um, fuck! How to condense this massive or introducing
1: neoliberalism? The... Yeah, that is it the most greatest unforced error in human history.
0: <laughs> yeah, fucking hell! Talk about it. Um,
1: we'll show you, Tories. Let me. <laughs> We're going to make both of us irrelevant.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hope the idea of personal responsibility doesn't come back to bite us on the ass someday. Um, So, Friendly Geordies is very anti-Greens, basically, and this got centralised in the battle between Jackie Trad and Amy McMahon. From all I've heard, Jackie Trad is quite a good Labour member. Whatever, I'm willing to believe that. Well, she's not a Labour state member anymore. No, but she was, I believe, a
1: very disciplined, uh, effective party member, Yeah, yeah,
0: sure. Yeah, sure, and a member of the left faction and all of that, so whatever, I don't really have a problem with with Jackie Trad, but she did go in on a Greens volunteer. Uh, She called Greens narcissists and said they were self-obsessed. The Greens volunteer posted a quote from Mean Girls altered to, uh, to pertain to the situation where she called the Greens party sort of self-deprecatingly a fugly slut after the, the moment in the, the, film where regina <laughs> forges a thing against herself whatever anyway mean the-
1: girls are having a real uh, time it is political meme material <laughs> yeah
0: yeah a real <laughs> renaissance it's a good film it holds up watched it recently um this greens volunteer made a meme which was talking about the greens party and jackie trad claimed that the fugly slut thing was uh leveled at her made a big fucking deal about either being disingenuous or not understanding a big pop culture reference and labor hacks started hounding this greens volunteer who was just some girl who had her life momentarily ruined by this uh by the press who who would have thought and this became a, a locus for friendly geordies and his uh Common Sense Brigade, which is the most embarrassing Facebook group I have ever seen in my fucking life, which is a bunch of centre-left people trying to make memes.
1: And we are members of the Bolt Report supporters <laughs> yeah. club.
0: I'm not anymore. Oh, I, had to, not? I had to leave. It got to be too much, but I was for a long time. Um, they basically made shithouse memes, uh, usually attacking the Greens, to try and get boomers into... into uh, into voting Labour against the Greens, I guess. And anyway, Jackie Trad fucking lost her seat, so sucked in, dickhead. I guess is the, <laughs> the, the fundamental point to drag everybody into my long and winding and very, very patchwork. It, it occurred to me about ten minutes into that that it would have taken me a full two hours to to go into all of the details. But
1: memoirs are such a bad idea. I mean, don't get me Aren't wrong. Just? As a as a like you know, if you've got your own little Facebook posting group mm. and you have an inside joke, run with it by all means, but do not mistake your meme for an effective piece of communication outside that culture. Yeah. It's ridiculous. They don't translate. They do not. Memes don't cross dreams at all. Yeah. <laughs> fucking terrible yeah. no, means of 100%. communicating.
0: But these fucking people, man, they're people who have consumed no political information except for friendly Geordie's videos. And they think that they're fucking smarter than, the average person yeah, when in reality they're as dumb, if not dumber. And it's embarrassing to see.
1: Well, it's become a bit of a Jimmy Dore situation, hasn't it? Do you remember Jimmy Dore, the American comedian mm. was one of the early members of the young Turks, um, along with the, uh, presence of David Rubin, which a lot of, a lot of youngsters find hard to believe that Dave Rubin got his break yeah. on the young Turks. Cenk has apologized profusely uh, for this. <laughs> I don't think he's on the hook for that of of the list of (laughs) crimes Jenk has committed against humanity. He didn't didn't fucking know. (laughs) How could you you,
2: you possibly predict
0: Dave Rubin?
1: (laughs) There's no way. No, no one's guilty of that, but Dave himself. (laughs) Um, But Jimmy Dore, anyway, started out as being like the effective voice on the left flank of the Young Turks, who was reliable for challenging the kind of liberal consensus of a media company that touted itself as being left wing yeah. and was in American terms but not in a global sensibility. yeah um, however, Jimmy Dore also began to slide into conspiracy land mm. and eventually I think they amicably departed yeah. but it got to a point where it became impossible to predict the reliability of his takes. Mm-hmm. at which point you cease to be an effective media communicator yeah. basically um and i feel that shanks has gone down pretty much the, the exact same route yeah 100
0: percent. he can't he's he's completely unreliable now because like <clears throat> before he was a party aligned person who was creating hypercritical stuff or whatever but now he's like a party strategy guy which means that his reason and his politics and his principles are subordinate to strategy and the labor party as far as strategy goes have not been doing well no, for a little while the so,
1: devastatingly effective combination of being deeply cynical and completely mm, stupid it never fails
0: <laughs> yeah 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 repeating as often in the press we are not in the we are not in government yeah. this is about not being in government when they refuse to fucking (laughs) commit to a figure for welfare increases or whatever.
1: And somehow managing to avoid responsibility for the wins that they do have. Yeah. You know, like, you know, the JobKeeper thing. Yeah. Right? Which Scott Morrison has somehow been able to take full credit, him and Matthias as as if they somehow weren't Mm. beaten into it by the premiers in conjunction with the Federal Labor Party.
0: Yeah. They're trying to do that. The fucking... Uh, federal LNP are trying to take credit for Australia's great uh, now COVID numbers. Yeah,
1: despite the fact
0: it's only because everyone ignored what the prime minister had to say. Yeah, and I have <laughs> my problems with Dan Andrews. Is that foreshadowing again? Is that foreshadowing uh, but the golden
1: child of yeah overgrown odd yeah weird numpties.
0: weird weird people uh, Queen Victoria types. What's her what's her name Vic? I don't know. Queen
1: Victoria definitely wasn't gangly. You can say a lot of nasty things about Queen Victoria, but she wasn't gangly.
0: There's a woman called Victoria who calls herself Queen Victoria on Twitter and she's alone. She's a a, she's a Van Batam type.
1: Uh, I love to name myself after imperialist icons. It's
0: very it's an odd move.
1: That's why I'm known as Darcy Disraeli on the internet. (laughs) Yep.
0: Uh good. (laughs) We'll just let that one sit. For a minute um yeah it'll be interesting because say what you will about dan like he's not fucking elbow so it'll be interesting to see how he might be fucking elbow i don't know i don't know what goes on at these conferences that's true
1: uh if he is not my problem with either of them
0: no fuck away no i'd prefer if they didn't just so that i can't be accused of that being my issue when i attack them because sure. you know how cynical these people are uh we'll get but I suspect. Out of the I suspect probably. he will be less. <laughs> oh no, I suspect he will. He will be less of a pushover than Albo when it comes to Morrison taking credit for shit that he is responsible for. Correct. Uh, anyway, sorry for making the Queensland election about my personal animus for Jordan Shanks, but I don't think it was ever going to go any other way. I mean, let's be honest, Queensland's
1: not an interesting place. Uh, it doesn't do interesting <laughs> things, and. Any conversation that begins being about Queensland will always move to something in Victoria or New South Wales because they are better places.
0: Yeah, there is there is the- one place in Queensland that houses the, the sort of uh, cyclopean shard of some uh, cosmic god's tooth that buried in the soil and called up the pelagic nightmare of Peter Dutton. There is one place at least where that's happening, but...
1: Is that interesting? It's not though? really about It's it's, n- it's, not pa- it's not part of the. But there's the no Queensland. sort of because there's no observable or discernible mechanism to it, so it's not interesting in that sense. It's just unfortunate.
0: Yeah, I guess.
1: The whole thing of Lovecraft is you can't investigate or contemplate it. So mm. surprisingly strong narrative uh, device. Mm. All things
0: considered, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. It's great. This is why this is a
1: story about how you cannot look at the story. Yeah, this story's complete
0: lack of structure is because it's eldritch and yes i do mean jewish when i say Eldritch. <laughs> oh man <laughs> uh more on that story later <laughs> apparently we have to let lovecraft off the hook for his cat's extremely racist name because he didn't name the cat that's the latest. Is it? In the Lovecraft discourse.
1: I mean, he's dead. Who cares? Why do we need to worry about his feelings?
0: And he's also, a horrible dead bastard. I don't think anybody's positing this seriously. I think they just enjoy Good. how <laughs> wild Lovecraft discourse is. And also the cat wasn't black. Wasn't it? No, well, no, then it's fine. Kind of... Then it's completely fine. <laughs> yeah. That it's... It's in like...
1: that case, only a fool would take exception. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, if I... anything, worse. <laughs> Because I think it Love becomes Croft less about the color and more about the inferiority of the power relationship. Between yeah, yeah, you, which is yeah, that's actually wildly horrific. That's, that's
0: <laughs> the usual, like as completely unbelievable as it is. That's the scrap of plausible diability that racists use when they name their black animals racist epithets. Is it's like, oh, it's just because of the color, which nobody fucking <laughs> takes seriously, but still. Lovecraft discourse is fun because he was so racist.
1: He was an awful man, and he wasn't a very good writer. I've I've I finally got around mm. to reading Rav, Lovecraft's <laughs> <laughs> Lovecraft oh no. stories, and his bad writer. What he did was come up with a wonderful universe. He's a great
0: imagineer,
1: sure, but mm. man, those are uh, like Robert Louis Stevenson. Even though you know about Jekyll and Hyde and Treasure Islands and all these narratives. as uh, uh, yeah, in advance, are still very pleasant to read because he yeah. was good at writing. Yeah, uh, That is not true of Lovecraft. If you know in advance what the stories are, they're incredibly fucking
0: boring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're not they're not that good. Borges is better, but also he was counter-revolutionary. But better to be counter-revolutionary than...
1: Well, I mean, Shakespeare probably wildly. would have been counter-revolutionary if he'd had a chance.
0: Yeah, maybe. Well, that's the Queensland elections. Uh <laughs>
1: Queensland elections, Shakespeare, class traitor. <laughs> Do we want? No matter how funny and amusing David Mitchell
0: might make him in Upstart Crow. I I have not watched Upstart Crow. I had a, I'm sure it's-
1: I found it surprisingly good, mostly because mm. of, uh, oh no, I've just, I've, I've literally just forgotten his name. And I'm now very angry with my- Mark
0: Heap. Mark Heap. Oh, Mark Heap. Playing
1: is- um, Sir Robert Green. And having more fun with a role than I've seen any actor have for years. I may
0: have to check it out. I do love Mark Ape. I don't think I knew he was in it.
1: That's he basically portrays Sir Robert Greene as a bad Shakespearean actor would portray a Shakespearean villain. Yeah. And it's a masterclass. And you, you just wait for his scenes for... If you have to the whole half hour for his two minutes
0: at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm familiar with that phenomenon with British actors <laughs> in the shows. Uh we're getting towards the serious stuff that is gonna be a bummer to listen to, so we're gonna I'm gonna cut it here yep. with a a nice little piece of of uh of Musk. Mm. Let's do a Musk update. Let's do a Musk stick. First, First mea Culpa I did look, I just, I wanted to do a big Musk update and it just got away from me because he does too many fucking crazy things. It started when he said, this will all be over by April about the coronavirus. I started, I opened a bracket in my mind and I let things accumulate there. (laughs) And eventually there was a stack overflow and it got away from me, but he did so many fucking things. He had his baby X. X Ash. X Ash A12. That's right. Or XAI, A12.
1: California made him change it to something less mental. Well, that, no, they- Is that their justification? No, you can't use Ash on the Californian names register, I think.
0: It was was a special figure, but I don't think it- I think it was the 12 at the end.
1: Oh, is that what they took exception to? I I thought it was the Ash they didn't like.
0: No, no, the Ash is still there. Uh, I think they had to change it from numerals to Roman numerals. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, substantially less crazy, than that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always good when you have a baby where, uh, that has a name that the parents can't agree on how it's pronounced. <laughs> and also is named after a fucking stealth bomber. In and part. it's just,
1: it's just going to be known as Ash.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: All of its friends will call it Ash.
0: Yeah. Yep. Which is frustrating, because that's the musk pronunciation, not the Grimes. Grimes wants it to be AI, and he wants it to be Ash. Well, then they shouldn't have made it an Ash. They should have made it an AI. A, well, AI. I, think it, I think it might be a musk. How do you
1: get AI out of it, though? Because it's AE. Are it, you going to break it into a separate... Know.
0: That's a great question. <laughs> uh, if I manage to bend Grimes' ear about it, I'll let <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what she says. You're both in music. I'm sure you're running <laughs> to each other in a
0: party. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you both do slightly offbeat stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he, Yeah, so they did that. Musk intimated that he was involved in the Bolivian coup. He said oh, yes, he that's right. We can around. coup
1: wherever we want. Yeah. And then democracy in Bolivia said, actually, no, you can't. Yeah,
0: yeah. A little congratulations to our friends in Bolivia, by oh, the so way, about literally. that. What a fucking result. That's a very nice little glimmer of hope to kick fucking Añez and her shitty successor out.
1: Speaking of ineffective in-joke meme communications, mm. there was one that had... <clears throat> excuse me. I, I had a I had a slight bit of sore chest. That's okay. I'm over it now. But it had uh, Morales, and he said, do you want to hear a joke? And then it had Elon Musk saying, sure. And Morales said, lithium. And Musk said, I don't get it. And
0: Morales said, no, you don't. <laughs> uh, hey. yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. Very good. Uh, Yeah, so there was that. There was a bunch of shit that he was involved in. But the thing, we have to just put, we have to accept the vicissitudes of time and the loss of all things and not submit to the reactionary impulse of deep nostalgia and just enjoy it as an aesthetic uh, emotional experience. Indeed. Uh, so, on that note, that's how I'm letting myself off the hook of letting the Musk update get away from me. But the most recent thing that he did uh, is he's made the claim that Martians, is how he or the Martian government is how he frames it, in the contracts, will not be bound by Earth law.
1: They will not be bound by Earth law. We have it from Elon himself because... There's a a little known um, clause or Mm. a common law tradition that says if you'd rather not follow the law, you don't have to and it's
0: fine. It's basically up to you. If you can trick government representatives or government department representatives into signing a contract for an unrelated project where they guarantee you complete political autonomy when you get to Mars then you, you got away with it.
1: Congratulations. Yeah. It's in William Blackstone's uh, great 17th uh, commentaries on the law where he says, mm. if there be no law, then there's nothing that the government can do. as so lol.
0: Yeah. So when Muskopolis- No, sorry,
1: it was the law is carried with you. If there is no law, then the law of the land shall flow through you. That's what he said. Well, uh, that's what happens. Because uh, you have to follow the law. Oh,
0: that's unfortunate. I
1: don't necessarily like it any more than Elon. I'm not like- being a state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's that's just, the
0: official position of the Wakeness for lateness podcast is we think that the US government law. should have, jurisdiction, they should over have
1: jurisdiction over the entire universe and America. Yeah. Um, but you don't
0: get to just decide that it doesn't apply anymore. I mean, it is a stupid enough universe that I could see American governments letting Musk get up there with some race. I mean, firstly- I don't think he's getting to Mars. Call me a skeptic, but I don't I don't think he's gonna pull it off. Fully fine if he does. I think it is a dumb enough universe that the governments could just fuck up and accidentally let him go up there with autonomy and resources. And then only later realize the necessity for intervention. But I don't we'll think get... it's
1: actually sufficiently within America's governmental power to accidentally
0: mm. cede its sovereignty like that. No, they definitely they won't let it stand. I'm just saying. It, I'm just saying. I could see the universe where this gets out of hand before the U.S. really crashes. Oh, like down. a sort
1: of like a, a latter day kind of East India Company situation. Yeah, yeah. Where one day the prime minister says, "Blimey." Do they actually own all of India? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should have done something about that. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I, I could see that happening. A bit of a Bioshock 3 sort of scenario, right? Yeah. For sure, I could see that happening. However, the crucial problem for Musk is that you take all of your stuff to Mars and you have a little colony and maybe some resources and maybe you're mining and you're terraforming and you're establishing some, some stuff. All of the existing space travel tech is on earth. Yes. So I think you're probably outgunned. It might take a while for the US to get to I mean to it would you.
1: physically take quite a long time. Yeah. But I don't know how economic it would be to harvest to harvest minerals from Mars mm. and then transport them back to earth would require a logistical... No, 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 no. no. Of... I, I think they would what, be do harvesting minerals the to they use live. on Mars. Oh, I see. So they yeah. want to create um, civilization I think that's as a his... self-contained Martian culture.
0: Yeah, I think that's his plan. I think that's what he's talking about. Why? That would be awful. Because he's a libertarian, because he wants his libertarian utopia on Mars. Libertarians do like things to be awful. That is a notice <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the problem is that, like, Ultimately, you put a rocket booster on a nuke and you just send it to Mars. It would be quite cheap, relatively speaking, for yes. Earth governments to destroy a Martian colony. Well, so the, like,
1: chi- the c- cheapest way would be to just let them all die of radiation poisoning, which would I suspect I the, suspect that be plan a. Minutes yeah. of landing. <laughs> yeah,
0: the fucking ah, oh, the disenfranchised but still relatively privileged American Midwestern internet nerds that have fucking defrauded their mother's credit card to pay for the ticket to Mars (laughs) getting up there and just being like, oh, this is bad. This really sucks. Can we go home? No, it's extremely difficult to get from planet to planet. We don't have any of the infrastructure on Mars to get you to Earth. Sorry.
1: Certainly do not. All the infrastructure to create an atmosphere on Mars.
0: There's a lot of things that... It's implausible. As far as projects go, it's not very good. But as you pointed out, most of this technology- It's going
1: to be used to murder foreigners yeah. on Earth. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Elon Musk was kind enough to just say in public.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's all- It's It's that, that other fucking meme. The two astronauts looking at- Earth oh yeah it's a it always tesla, has been tesla logo and the guy is saying yeah wait a second it's military industrial complex yeah always has always been. always has been it's fu- it's funny i think to to talk about a meme on a podcast to describe it i think that's the best way to tell a joke
1: i think so uh it's better than looking at the meme
0: yeah because they're never very nice to look at no no better to have it described to you i think So, yeah, it's going to be used to make bombs. It's essentially
1: a um, satellite delivery system, I believe, is the idea.
0: Mm. Oh, yeah, it was in the clause for one of their fucking Starlink contracts, wasn't it? Yeah. Which are already, like, actual astronomers are talking about how much Starlink sucks. Because when you do long-form exposure stuff to look at celestial bodies, you get these huge grid... Exposures across your photograph because of Elon Musk's stupid fucking satellites. (laughs) Really, are they that bad? Uh, This is what I've heard. I don't know if I don't know how accurate. If
1: you if you have any working knowledge of uh, astronomy, please let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah, I would I would like to know if this is legit or if it's uh, confected, as some people have suggested. But you cannot trust people who defend Elon Musk.
1: Do you need some sort of special lenses for uh, extraterrestrial observations? I hope not.
0: <laughs> Unless they're made out of emerald, I have <laughs> quite a lot of emeralds. I've been grinding these emeralds. <laughs> Both of us good dog shit accents.
1: The South African accent is a dog shit accent. It's very hard it's to do. It's the only one that makes Australians sound
0: good. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Why South Africans are subhuman? There's a little bit of irony for you is this is that the ironic racism that i'm gonna get cancelled she just turned itself <laughs> off <laughs> i wonder if there's gonna be a glitch in we there. Might, might have just, to sway that back we might. i might just quickly save oh, i heard that all right we're going <laughs> yeah which of these parts was manufactured in south africa <laughs> Anyway, that's Musk. I'm sorry it wasn't the the uh, the Musk extravaganza that I was hoping for. But now I now that I'm back in sync, synchronous, it won't be
1: long before you build up a fresh dossier. Yeah, day. yeah, exactly. He's
0: only getting
1: better with age. A hundred percent. He's like the gift Bruce Forsyth that keeps on giving, but
0: without the professional intentionality of a seasoned performer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Every time anybody talks about Bruce Forsyth, all I can see is all I picture is the Toast of London episode where uh, what's his face's girlfriend gets plastic surgery to look like Bruce Forsyth, and Matt wow. Berry always says Bruce Forsyth. Uh,
1: I fuck! I didn't watch Toast of London that far. I might have to go back to it. I think I, think it's like I only watched, watched the first episode. Oh well, there you go. I don't <laughs> I think I only watched the pilot. Yeah. It's, is it is it good? I didn't I wasn't carried okay. away by it's that. a
0: very interesting show. I wouldn't say it's good. It's one of those ones where you kind of hate everybody involved.
1: I was determined not to let Matt Berry get away with just doing his wonderful voice and that being the programme.
0: No, know. no. There is something interesting going on underneath. A very it's it's I'd liken it to like Danny McBride projects where there's okay. like there's a pathos, like a really profound sort of sadness that's in there. But it doesn't let you off the hook by saying, because there's the sadness, therefore you like the guy. It's always, like, he's a piece of shit throughout. The characters are pieces of shit. So, I don't know. It's a weird watch. I found it intermittently funny. But it's also quite depressing overall. I mean, that's... Worth a look. It's interesting. That's modern Britain. Yeah. And the Clem Fandango scenes in and of themselves do make... That could have been a sketch on a show. The Clem Fandango scenes. Is
1: this the um, press the button, you have to press the button to talk scenes? It well, yeah, it's in the recording, it's, it's booth? In the recording yeah. booth,
0: yeah. And one of them is about pressing the button, and then one of them is, he's doing the mind the gap thing. Uh, they yeah. want there to be a bigger gap between mind and the gap and stuff. It's Each one has a little self-contained joke. And gotcha. They're quite good. Maybe it's worth it for that. Should we go into Blight? Town we should get, get Matt depressed?
1: Berry and mark heap to collaborate on something. So uh, that the yes. entire bit can be enjoyable and that you don't have to wait for moments. <laughs> have they not? I don't think so.
0: I guess not.
1: I think they've been very much ships yeah. in the night. Yeah. Heap and berry. Heap. You could call it heap and berry. It's heap perfect. Heap and
0: berry, yeah. Yeah.
1: Alright. After this, we're going to cancel our contract with Fran
0: Drescher and get on the blower to <laughs> Heap and Berry. Heap and Berry. It would do badly because they're both supporting guys. That's the problem. All of their solo projects are doomed to be I'm happy to have my best.
1: name attached to a failed
0: cult project. Yeah. What we're doing now. <laughs> yep. We're the modern day Heap and Berry. Uh, should we get depressed?
1: Uh, yeah, so I've—I've—you probably can tell eagle-eared listeners that I've been trying to sort of valiantly stave off the next bit of the show,
0: but I suppose mm. we should get around to it. So there are two two <clears throat> sort of what are we? We're fifty minutes. There's two. Well done, listener. Two big things that we can sort of get into. One is a generalized grab bag. This might be the shorter of the two. Uh, police overreach, and there's two particular instances. One we can cover very quickly. A report has found that the New South Wales police have strip-searched 96, I think, or 97 kids over the last year, owing to their truly psychopathic strip-searching laws.
1: Yes. They are the sorts of police overreach that libertarians would wholeheartedly endorse Mm. uh, the power to disrobe children in
0: threatening environments. Absent parental supervision for... Whatever reason they want, really, because they're the fucking cops. So probable cause is always uh, a question of what excuse can be ginned up. Yeah, I can't think of
1: really. Well, I think the New South Wales Police Department did issue a pretty convincing excuse stroke Mm. reason, which certainly set my mind at ease, which was that maybe the police officers didn't understand how they were supposed to be using their power. Which is always... That's good tonight. You just think, oh, well, that's all right. If then. it's just a mistake. If we're giving people the power to yeah. sexually assault minors and they don't understand how they're supposed to be doing that, then I can't see any real problem. No, you can As long as it's not, you know, malicious. If it's just yeah. ignorant yeah. assaulting of minors.
0: That's fine. That's fine. It's fine. Yeah. The New South Wales Police Commissioner, i feel like I, that- I feel like I'm the foolish one now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't know it was like that, police. You're the real victims in this scenario. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, you definitely- like Because adults should need to be told how this is and isn't appropriate.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not one of our most widely reviled crimes baked into our societies.
1: Well, apparently not when the police do it, because there seems to be very little yeah.
0: concern- there was a little bit of a furor when it started up, and the New South Pol- uh, Wales Police Commissioner said that he would happily let his underage daughters be strip searched by cops, which is yeah, one right. of the most. He said he
1: salivated in a distressing fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very fucking as unsettling. As long as it's so that they don't enjoy substances. Yeah, legitimately,
0: Bleurgh. legitimately, the only reason I can think for it to be appropriate. Entity. Yeah, yeah. The only reason I can think reasons that I can think for it to be appropriate for a cop to strip search a young person is like trolley problem style outlandish moral conundrums. Like a terrorist delivers a letter that says, I've secretly sown a bomb into the asshole of one of these five kids and you have to find it. And then it's like, I can see the argument. Yes,
1: when uh, essentially a black mirror
0: situation. Yeah, yeah. And assuming that the bomb squad doesn't have the sort of like residue detecting ones where they could probably find out which kid had the bomb in their asshole without strip searching. But I'm just saying like those are legitimately the only sort of things where I could even countenance it. A fucking completely outlandish, never happen in real life sort of hypothetical. As um, opposed to just the child
1: is at a music festival and a dog has gone... When it sees it. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yep, get that kid off. Because we're normal people.
0: Yeah. We're here having an-
1: Grounded, normal people. Just doing normal doing things. Doing normal law enforcement.
0: Yeah. There's not much to say about it other it's than- not. It's not. It's just a fucking disgusting, horrible, out-of-control scandal. And repulsive, yeah.
1: And, um, you know, in order to, like, stop a child experiencing the pain of a chemical comedown, they have just completely traumatized them for the rest of their lives.
0: Yeah, yeah. With
1: uh, a gross- Yeah, sexual assault. That's what strip searching is. It's an act of sexual assault. Yes. Can't stress that enough.
0: Yes, Uh, it is. And also good to see the police continuing their work of uh, engendering trust in the community for the policing by consent as modern policing was uh, imagined. Policing by consent, community policing...
1: Consent's a particularly uncomfortable word to be bringing into a strip searching. It is. There is children, a sort of of children very, by armed adults with dogs. There is a sort of very dark irony. And fascist that, uniforms. Isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah. So it's fucked up. And uh and yeah, I don't know. Cops are monsters, uh, which leads us to our second part of this cop overreach thing. Although this isn't just a cop problem; just that the cops are uh, really uh, aiding and abetting it. While everybody was celebrating the. Success of the lockdown in bringing down the COVID numbers on the same day that the uh, last big round of restrictions easing was announced and Dan Andrews had his whiskey, his cheeky little...
1: Get on the beach now, fellas. Yeah.
0: (sighs) He went a little higher up the shelf and reached up uh, and pressed the button on that shelf, which commenced the destruction of the uh, birthing trees of the Jaburrung people uh, to build a road. That is, is correct. Which is good. So this has been, I'm, I think we've talked about it before. <clears throat> it's been going on for a really long time. Uh, I think
1: this has been going
0: on since
1: before Andrew's second term commenced. I think this is somewhere like the th- third or fourth year of it's been his going. sort of siege of the long Trees.
0: Yeah, because uh, infrastructure projects take a long time. Uh so they
1: take a long time they take a long time to, to to plan. Mm. There's a very long consultancy period which is supposed to resolve all of these fucking issues yeah. before
0: you get to the point where you're committed to the project. And his excuses that he's given in uh when questioned about this is He
1: said I'm so sorry, I was too busy building unnecessary juvenile detention facilities to be aware of the fact that I was running a colonial ethnic cleansing administration again.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What he actually said is not much better than that, which is just that enough people die on that road every year as it exists now without the upgrade uh, that now it's a matter of urgency that this uh, road get built. Uh, And of course he trotted out all the old bullshit about consulting with the indigenous corporation that, uh, sort of has uh, authority over uh, settler state. Yep. But it's not internet. the
1: only stakeholder in that no. cultural artifact. There no. are no. limbs of the indigenous community besides the board of the corporation. Yeah.
0: Well, this is, uh, there's so one, many, that's just little, for
1: one thing. There's so many little things uh, <laughs> it's to like, talk about here. But, you know, well, we spoke to the Darabin city council Yeah, And they said it was fine. Obviously, we didn't consult any other stakeholders in the community before we decided to build a highway through these homes. Exactly. This is
0: the problem with enfolding uh, Indigenous cultural structures into our cultural structures uh, and political structures and expecting it to translate one-to-one. If I have a mate called Bill Andrews, And I call up Bill and I say, Hey, Bill, I want to make you... And I'm not suggesting that this is exactly what's happened in this case, but this is one way in which things like uh, uh, indigenous corporations can be abused. If I call up Bill Andrews and I say, Hey, mate, I was just wondering, could I make you the uh, official governing body of Andrews people in this country, right? And you have control over... uh, you, you basically, I can't do anything to any Andrews in this country unless you give the say-so. So you have complete jurisdiction. Uh, and he agrees, and then I say, "Well, oh, I've got this guy Daniel Andrews, and I want to bulldoze his house to make a road. If I get Bill Andrews to agree to it, that doesn't make my bulldozing Daniel Andrews' house correct.
1: Certainly doesn't. Ethically. Especially if you have lied to Bill Andrews about the reasons yeah. why this needs to happen. Yeah.
0: And of course it's and an absurdity. And that includes
1: lying by omission.
0: <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> of course it's an absurdity the way that I've framed it. But if I had cops, if I had the arms of state violence at my disposal, then I could enact that plan yeah. and have something to tell the press.
1: And like, let's be extremely clear about what this is: it's, it's the, the deaths on the road are a factor, right? The road sure. as it stands is inadequate.
0: As they have and been for the entire planning process.
1: That's right. And uh, and the traffic on the road is set to increase. The deaths will get worse. Something has to be done about the road. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the 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 option, there are options, I should say, besides blasting through Indigenous heritage sites. Yeah. But it's, extremely it's the sacred fact site. that we are, I think even most people on like the centre-left, there's just an inculcated, baked-in cultural assumption in... in the uh, European Australia, Mm. which is that indigenous sites, indigenous artifacts, indigenous culture is part of the landscape in the same way that anything beautiful is part of the landscape. And it's a shame if it has to get knocked over for progress, but you know, it's progress. Yeah. And there's really just that, that emotional link of this is a, equal, this is what ought to be the property of an equal community in partnership with us inhabiting this continent yeah. is not registering with people. No. Part it's, of it is it's the... It's like, still, we're used to seeing Indigenous stuff as an obstacle to progress that yeah. has to be cleared, basically, is what
0: I'm... Yeah, trying. yeah, 100%. That's that's very deeply buried in, in almost all Because there's a reason
1: some... why this road isn't going through a farmer's field, right? It's because that's yes. respectable property that yep. we acknowledge the state doesn't have you there's know there's
0: also an insanely illogical connection between things that are built as worthy versus things that exist as inherently not worthy like a site can't be sacred unless it's been built yes. to be sacred and it's not property unless it's built to be property or unless you're a white dude who has it yeah
1: deed. and unless and, and it's being so in property in in our kind of culture mm-hmm. is that you have to control it in such a way as to exclude other people from using it yeah right which is not that's not even a universal European conception of property it no. wasn't even always a universally English conception of property it's a very very new conceptualization of property it goes back only as far as the reign mm. of Henry the eighth um, which I know that's a long time ago but not in not in like civilization storyland it's a very short gap from then to now yeah um, and it's not by any means, the only valid way of conceiving of property. Yeah, and the fact is that like these trees are modified by traditionally indigenous people would direct the growth of trees and you know modify. There's this idea that we still have that indigenous Australians only interacted with the environment around them in the most kind of conservative and non-interventionist. ways possible which isn't true basically animalistic is what people mean by that that is what they mean they're humans they shaped the world around them to the same extent that it yeah no to the same extent that everyone else did they just did it in a different way it was presented differently and it functioned differently and that's also a modern that's
0: also a relatively recent conception as well even in settler Australia right like that's the whole dark emu project is going back to old archival documents and being like oh they had an agriculture settlement uh livestock management and stuff like that which has somehow been erased to so forget West... even more racist in, in, <laughs> in, in, our...
1: in southwest victoria there is um acres of stone based aquacultural yeah. development that has been unearthed you know yeah showing that
0: actually yeah a sophisticated yeah. system of planned agriculture was in fact in place. Yeah, sorry, it's not just sorry. soft lefty shit. There's yeah. actually material evidence that these people are human beings. Yes, and that their autonomy should be respected. So on the the day of the announcement of the easing of restrictions, uh, riot cops uh, drove up to the Jabarong embassy, start uh, evicted campers and protesters from. the There's been people camping there basically the uh, the whole time. You know, in rotating shifts. Some people living up there more semi-permanently or whatever they were all cleared from the site uh coronavirus legislation I throughout this whole fucking thing when everybody was like the
1: unnecessary extra powers that the police Yeah, been given when everybody was talking about because they already had the
0: authority to deal with anti-mask nutcases this is what I was fucking so police scared of I basically kept my mouth shut about the Dan had Andrews thing power yeah I basically <laughs> so power. I basically kept my fucking mouth shut power. huge amounts of power Before this... I fucking... I kept mum about being too critical of Andrews because I didn't want to fucking play into the debate in favor of like tim smith or some daft cunt like that yeah the pro-death lunatics yeah and i didn't want to suggest wanted
1: to murder people in exchange for small business yeah Yeah. i didn't want
0: to suggest that i had some insane libertarian uh idea about individual rights meaning the right to kill people in your community with easily preventable transmissible uh, transmissible well technically it's the virus that's violating the (laughs) NAP. i'm a passive agent in this (laughs) yeah (laughs) we should all boycott the virus and thereby peacefully eliminate its nefarious influence on society um but i mean that sort of is what we were trying to do <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah don't tell them that the whole time i was worried about knowing that we've been critical about fucking andrews and his police fascination for a long time yes knowing that he's a fucking i mean a little bit of a fucking tin pot motherfucker and then it ha- it happened on the day that it was most obscured in the press. The riot cops went up there. They moved people away. They cut down what uh, people, what Jabberwung people are saying was the directions tree, which is, was explicitly supposed to be protected by the agreement between the state government and the uh, indigenous corporation. So even if they are fucking uh, trying to, to do it in a state-sanctioned legal way, they've already fucked up. And then yes. Vic Rhodes' people are saying, no, that's not the directions tree. The directions tree is is in another place. While well, the the women who As if actually have an active engagement for us with, the to state, say, yeah, yeah, and it's like, oh, the such a problem that shit isn't documented clearly. Because and it's like, well, that's because that they don't have the fucking insane need to document every piece of fucking property but for the purposes of road building. Let uh, us also provisions.
1: let us give Vic Rhodes this, uh, like. Annex, right? Yeah. And say that, and uh, I could feel like marginally ill saying this. All right. This is a devil's advocacy. So okay. ch- don't yeah. fucking write to me about it. White Let's assume advocating. that somehow the activists are wrong <clears throat> and it's just a normal tree. It's not a special tree. Yeah. Doesn't actually materially matter because the con- the, the, the determination by the community that the tree is significant. Yeah, yeah. It's what makes the tree significant. <laughs> yes, it doesn't exactly. matter if, you know-
0: Oh, no, it's not the one it that was- God lives in. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, sorry.
1: it's... it's. I'm struggling to kind of explain it because it's making me very angry. Well, yeah, sac- The idea of that's sacredness not not sacred works. <laughs> lives
0: in the fucking community that's there on yes. the ground. It doesn't matter what the fucking indigenous corporation said, whether they were acting in good faith, whether they wanted the best and just got fucking tricked, whether it was like a fucking like- Wyatt situation where they have some fucking uh, conservative dipshits that they've managed to pack the corporation with. Whatever the situation is, and I don't know what the situation is. The fact is that the community, the Jabberwung people are on the ground protesting your destroying of their sacred site. You back the fuck off. Build the road in another location. Even if you do it according to the plan, how fucking miserable would it be going to your fucking sacred cultural site where thousands and thousands of Jabarong women have given birth uh, in, a, in, a, in a tradition that's far older than fucking white settler involvement in this fucking place? This cursed shithole that we've turned it into by dint of our rapacious fucking appetite, uh, and having a fucking freeway next to it. Even if they they they're like, oh, there's going to be a buffer but zone. You could have a
1: you could have a layby. You could have a you could have a Hungry Jack's.
0: Yeah, yeah. You just go over to the fucking combination. I don't think you're seeing the possibilities and Kieran, clearly, it's it makes me so it's, fucking it, angry. so gross, isn't it? It makes me
1: so angry. The fucking hell. Just like the suggestion that there's an acceptable amount of indigenous cultural artifacts that we can destroy yeah. um, is is grotesque, but Just go around the argument that indigenous people are wrong about what is it isn't sacred to them is
0: fucking mental. It makes my blood boil. Because
1: well. we could get really pedantic about this and say that all ideas of what is sacred <laughs> are fundamentally mistaken, aren't they? Because God doesn't actually live in the fucking tabernacle at the church. It's just yeah. a fucking cabinet <laughs> and God doesn't go in cupboards, as Dave Allen's angry nuns once screamed at him. <laughs> It's not how sacred works. It's not about whether you're materially correct about a divine presence or otherwise. The point is that as a human being with a cultural connection to an object, you deserve respect and that deserves to be treated with the same significance and profundity that all cultural, sacrosanct concepts and materials are. They're acting like we can get this shit to back fuck- as well. Yeah.
0: Like there isn't- Because a- it's a tree, you can just regrow a tree. Yeah.
1: Like you can just rebuild a building. You can just paint another fucking painting. Yeah. Again, you can reduce anything down to yeah. it doesn't matter.
0: You can just build a different road. It's rogue. called
1: nihilism. Most people get over this <laughs> by the time they're in their early 20s. Yeah. You can ultimately point out that there isn't such a thing as meaning if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> But it's a pointless and ridiculous way to interact with the world yeah. that is only really useful to people who want
0: to commit crimes. Camus figured out the contradictions in nihilism fucking 70 years ago when he said, if nothing means anything, then why do I like sex so much? I think that's an accurate Camus impression. Those that precious is little documentary how events. most
1: people who were raised in North Africa
0: talk. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fuck, I knew that as well. Whoops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, you know, yeah. The- I do
1: know. It's fine. He was French. You can do, yeah, it. You yeah, can yeah, yeah, do yeah. whatever disrespectful voice you want. <laughs> he died a long time the, ago. The
0: Algerian He's French accent to- isn't
1: that different
0: from the fucking Camus is not allowed to take stereotype.
1: exception anyway, because, because of his philosophy being what it was. He's yeah. prohibited from taking offence at your accent.
0: Yeah. We can segue by way of the fact that uh, Camus was one of the tragic losses in our road toll. That's true. Because he died in a car crash.
1: He was on a motorbike, wasn't he? Probably. He was being all
0: French about it. Yeah, that seems like something he would do.
1: Uh, Uh, Could I swerve? I don't know. Maybe I'm a bit tired.
0: (laughs) I have had too much wine. Uh, Because they like to drink wine in France. Uh,
1: Less so in North Africa. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I don't think he lived his entire life in Algeria. He didn't Algeria. live for
1: very long in Algeria. I think he spent most of his adult life in France. Yeah. I think yeah. he just had a childhood there.
0: Yeah. Like Derrida.
1: And uh, somebody else whose name I'm forgetting. Just had a childhood. You know, that insignificant bit of yeah. key development. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah.
0: It's just a, a little thing. Um, where,
1: where were we? we were So I, I, I've, I've waylaid us because I was getting distressed no, and right, I needed I'll, a comment. Yeah, our brains valve. needed the
0: stop. Revive, survive. That's what they say. Vic Rhodes. Uh. Daniel
1: Andrews. So this this is before the Supreme Court in November. Mm-hmm. Um, the court has issued an injunction preventing any further vandalism. Mm-hmm. And we can only hope that the justices uh, come down on the side of humanity, basically. Because it doesn't seem as though there's going to be anything that can change government policy.
0: Well, no, the government is in it. Vic Rhodes doesn't have any interest in redirecting the road. They've got the cops, they've got the bulldozers. The they've, fucking CFMEU, thanks, didn't uh, stand up. Let's be like, real. No the, surprise there. Well,
1: Michael O'Brien is the leader of the Liberal Party. Daniel Andrews can do he almost can do anything he the wants.
0: Fuck, he wants. Because
1: all that Michael O'Brien is going to do is come out and say. Uh, Think <clears> that the government uh, Andrews and very good.
0: yeah. This is where I get tricked into stuff because now I'm thinking like all that time that I was keeping my I was biting my tongue about Andrews and police powers and stuff. Maybe I should have been fucking signal boosting Tim Smith just to <laughs> just to even up the fucking thing. And then that's oh. how you trick yourself into accidentally voting for Donald Trump. Yeah,
1: this is completely true. Um, the, the, and then again, it is like a literally the case that um the Liberal Party, because of the the (laughs) duality thing that we have in our brains yeah. which is a human problem I don't think it's a specifically cultural issue I think it's a human problem mm. but w- w- one way or another this ridiculous idea that everything has to be dualities and so it's either labor or liberal yeah. is going to kill us because the liberal party is always a worse option than labor always yeah. Yeah. so you're locked into that lesser evilism trap this where you just blows instead my of mind. lurching to your death you shuffle
0: towards your death with a thousand tiny steps yeah it blows my mind that more people don't vote for third parties in this country and because when you we have a them, look I when you ask them why, they're like, oh, but, uh, It's a waste of a vote. It's a like, of why a do vote? you it's think just,
1: we number the list? Why yeah. do you think we number the fucking list? Just preference ALP, Jesus second or third or Just whatever. preference them ahead of the Liberals. You can have them as yeah. far down the list as... Yeah. You can have them after Herman Goering's, you know, humorous fascist resurgency party. Yeah, if probably don't. If you want, don't, don't, but don't, but you could. Yeah. that's it's, it's they would, Just as long
0: as they're ahead of the fucking preferential liberals. voting. It's there so that you can vote you for third parties. You cannot
1: throw your vote away unless you preference... Labour or the Liberals, <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's the only way you throw your vote away because then your preference, yeah. as it were,
0: means nothing. I know I have the the mecha- the mechanism to completely avoid uh, having to deal with the problem of political compromise, but as a rationalist, what I'm going to do as a classic compromise, yeah, <laughs> start from a compromised position. That's how things go right. The, uh, I don't. I speaking wouldn't... of classic liberals, do
1: you remember last week? as it were, as in, like, last episode. Yeah. I I was confused about why Sargon of Akkad was having a go at Lindsay Ellis, the cultural commentator for the J.K. Rowling fallout, not a political commentator, which would have made more sense for him. Mm. And uh, it's because I feel really stupid. So what Sargon... Sargon's whole thing is that he just does a narration over a famous person's youtube video and as a yeah. play as like a response vid and it's because Lindsay Ellis is a wildly popular and successful youtuber. So he's oh, okay. so you'll type just... in like Lindsay Ellis and he names his video it is like Lindsay Ellis and then in teeny tiny little font Sarkon of a cat response video. Okay, so like yeah. millions of people click on it cuz so she is metrics. a beloved and wise. She's a really good cultural commentator. I should give her a a, a push. If yeah. you want to get good cultural commentary from an American perspective uh, as opposed to... Who doesn't? Well, I mean, it's rare to get good cultural yeah, commentary that's true. from an American perspective. That's why I... She's, she's good fun. She's in a she's in a um, potential Omegaverse uh, fan fiction, like, erotic literature lawsuit controversy at the moment. It's, Interesting. It's what, worth,
0: a, what a string of words. It's
1: worth going and having a look. Yeah. But it is not safe for work content. Sure. Unless you work in... Something sexy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. Not safe for work is, this was why it's so important to, to avoid centering, uh, particular, I, I was trying to do a, a, a
1: soft. Sex work is work is what we're could, saying. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was trying to do it via a snitty fucking. Anti-impact. Although probably
1: don't play it as a backing track in a brothel. Um, it may be distracting cause it's about wolf porn.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I do want to wrap up the, the what is our life? The, okay, yes, the, the Jabwong thing. The ra- thing. So the hope is that the Supreme Court intervenes on behalf of the Jabwong embassy, basically. Yes, I know. I, I
1: haven't read yeah the not, submission. I don't know what the grounds are going to be argued. So I'm not going to. I'm not going to proffer a, a, an ignorant yeah speculation.
0: But, but here we do potentially have one of those. Uh, quite ironic situations. And I, I I also know none of the details, so I don't know how accurate this is or how likely. But it's like, I wouldn't put a lot of faith in the Victorian legal system to override... Uh, they have not been covering themselves in glory of late. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that they would do the same, like, oh, but it's all legal by the definition of the state shit. However, the great irony is that if they have destroyed the directions tree, which is was explicitly marked out for protection... This then could that have that could be the thing that
1: It's a I really sad it. indictment of Australia's political culture that so much of our progressive reform has come from grassroots activists getting cases in front of judges yeah. and not from direct action by elected representatives. Yeah. It's a really fucking
0: sad indictment and of Australia's culture. Because it's always post-facto. It's like, you, it, to stop the cultural genocide, you need that... Direct intervention with peop- uh, from people with power, whereas the, the levers that people are relying upon are a court yeah. being like, we found that you accidentally did cultural genocide, so that's now not a thing that can happen. Yeah, yeah, our best hope is that they've already destroyed one of the most important parts of the site. Weirdly, legally, potentially. I well, but I, I mean, this is, look, is this like is either. this
1: has been the upshot of the um, of the of the the uh, crimes in Western Australia in the Pilbara. Mm. You know, these regulations are written in blood.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So and if- we do mm. live
1: in a country, luckily, where we have courts that can impose common sense on insane shithouse parliaments. Yeah. From time to time.
0: I mean, maybe there's hope. If you want to help out with the... Very bad. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's donations.
0: If you want to help, you can donate to the Jabberwurrung Embassy. Uh, uh, people... I will. I will quickly find the. the you can site also a particular while Kieran's is
1: looking for the donations site, you can call the premier's office and register a complaint. Yep. They are inundated with calls. Uh, it has gotten to the point where they are now just going to record your postcode basically and add you to the list, which is fantastic. Yep. Has been. There has been a good response from the Victorian public, which I am actually uh, somewhat mollified by. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm pleased because it still got to this point in the first place, but yeah. I've been I've been impressed by our colleagues and the broader community. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also, if if you, if you uh, are of a more anxious and nervous disposition, you can sign a change.org position. A petition, petition, <laughs> Position. Position. petition, which has got now some uh, two hundred thousand signatures. Uh huh.
0: You can send emails as well to, to and you can premier's office or members' offices, particular MP offices. The you can donate to the Room Protectors Fund on chuffed.org, and there's also a, a longer-standing uh, GoFundMe uh, website which you'll find. Don't if you just Google donate to Jabulong. Of course, the direct thing that would have helped uh, or would help is if you can go up there and camp and picket and fucking try to keep the bulldozers out. Of course, bear in mind that they are using coronavirus legislation to fine everybody who goes up there to protest $5,000.
1: Yes. Uh, This has been very well timed by uh, the most progressive premier in Australia. Yep. Uh, I must say he's timed it pretty much perfectly.
0: Yeah, yeah. Really fucking good work. Dan, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's such a bummer. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. It really is the worst. The more every little bit of research, and I'm still comparatively very ignorant, obviously, uh, and speaking from a position of just like a dopey fucking middle class, white, educated dude perspective, but every little bit of shit that you learn about. How the states and federal state have interfaced with uh, indigenous people. Well, look, I mean,
1: I, I sometimes wonder if we're ever going to stop having this colony mentality. You
0: know, that's that's the thing that really basically is such a fundamental shift that has to happen. Yeah. This is, is the only reason that I'm really pro-Republican, because I think material, it doesn't really make much of a difference. But I do think it's impossible to get any sort of indigenous autonomy while we have the fucking queen on our We currency. need to have
1: a new constitution, for sure. Yeah. Yes, we need to start from scratch. The, the Australian Constitution was written by men who didn't really even understand it that well themselves. And the proof of that is that as soon as they retired from the High Court, the new batch of High Court justices basically completely changed the way the Constitution was interpreted. Because yeah. they're like, hey, you didn't write that. That that way you've been interpreting the Constitution that you wrote for the past 20 years, you didn't actually write that, dickhead. Yeah. It's not what it says here. Dumbass. Edmund Burton. Not a good... Not a good... Mm. <laughs> not a good.
0: Not a good. Who could have predicted that a bunch of disgraced uh, provincial governors and primarily sheep agriculturalists would have fucked up the creation of a
1: men whose ambition in life was to be a fucking administrators of a racist colonial yeah. enclave in mm-hmm.
0: a vast national white supremacist empire. Yeah. It's crazy that that didn't turn out so good. Uh, do you want to talk about the fucking AHRC thing?
1: Can we break for a cup of tea or
0: something? I'm really yeah. depressed now. <laughs> yeah. Really Let's have a cup of cross. tea. And we'll come and talk about something cheerful. Yes. The purging of the left the from British of the electoral left from politics. The
1: British label politics. By a knight of the fucking realm.
0: Hooray!
2: Hey.
0: Hey. back refreshed back from
1: tea we had some lovely tea my psyche and soul completely healed it's important to have a good bracing cup of irish breakfast Mm -hmm. before we talk about how shit britain is
0: yeah uh britain is the most racist country on earth potentially and it, it has some stiff competition
1: it's definitely like in the contest with russia and japan for sure yeah
0: yeah Leaving aside developing countries who don't have their shit figured out, maybe quite so much, or who who face significant structural uh, uh, impediments to the Maslow's hierarchy of needs capstone of of being. Perfectly diverse or whatever. I don't know what fucking point I'm trying to make. You're trying to say that
1: of the countries that have the least excuse to still be racist, (laughs) Britain is definitely the most racist. Yeah.
0: It it has really baked in. And, like, I'm not letting us off the hook or the US off the hook at all, but they're, like, a place where white Polish people are still, like, victimized. Yeah. That's fucking, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's old. Yes, where Europe isn't white enough for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh Recently, the, the – well, I mean, over the last little while, there's been a, a quote-unquote scandal about the anti-Semitism, which I heard was expressed by up to 30% of Labour members in the UK.
1: Well – I haven't been able to prove that it was 30% of Labour members in the UK. Mm. I have been able to prove that it is some Labour members in the UK. So it's, and I think it's reasonable for us to use that however we want.
0: Yeah, I think if you said some, I would guess around 30%.
1: It's definitely some. more than mm. the proportion of anti-Semites in other comparable political parties, I guess.
0: I guess it I must I suppose be. it must be. Uh, this just in uh, 0.3%.
1: 0.3%? Yeah. I mean, it has a three and a zero. Well,
0: it's 30% of a percent.
1: So in many ways, mm. I was more correct. Even it's, it's even more precise and perfect than my initial. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to call it a slander.
0: Or a libel. Yeah. Or a, just a lie. You could call it those things uh, if you were a secret anti-Semite determined uh, to hide your anti-semitism under the guise of oh, this is so so hang on democratic the, socialism
1: is the fifth column anti-semites or pro-semites
0: maybe it's just semites i'm not sure no but
1: that's anti-semitic
0: okay all right i see i see uh maybe
1: Ooh. I don't know if I'm for Jews or against Jews. I'm definitely okay with using them for my political agenda, though.
0: Yeah. I think this would all be much, much simpler if we just took the category of the government of Israel and took the category of Jews and just pushed them together and made them one thing. Well, This would all be much more simple for me if I could just...
1: There are people in the government of Israel who say that they represent the Jews.
0: That's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. So now every time you say Jews, I will just assume but then that there's, you mean the government of Israel. There are opposition and vice versa.
1: parties in the Israeli Neset though, which means that there are multiple Jewish
0: points of view. Self hating Jews. Anti Semites.
1: They're anti Semites.
0: Yeah. This
1: is very complicated.
0: It is very complicated. Should we give the listener a clue as to what the fuck we're talking about?
1: Well, I mean I don't know. I don't know if <clears throat> I don't think I need a clue. Kieran, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> Does anybody know what the fuck is going on
0: at the moment? There has been a a prolonged, cynical campaign to weaponise the idea of anti semitism uh, in order to discredit and undermine the Corbyn wing, the left faction of the UK Labour Party, which happened when he was leader, uh, helped to tank, helped to tank the last general election. <clears throat> We'll never know exactly how badly it uh, harmed their chances, but we do know that there were members of the Labour Party actively working to undermine their chances in the general election because they hate Jeremy Corbyn. But the they were per-
1: doing it to protect Jewish people. They were. That's that's the, in a completely
0: the un-cynical
1: fashion. Yeah, um, because you know, this is just a new thing that's happened in the Labour Party because Jeremy Corbyn became the Labour Party leader. Yeah, yeah,
0: because he is king of the anti-Semites. And he um, came
1: out in his acceptance speech and said, it's time for us to do something about all them Jews.
0: Yeah, that was the first thing that he said. Why don't they go back to Pakistan? <laughs> um, fuck. Uh, I don't know why anybody would doubt the integrity of party rats who worked against their party's interests in an election. But if we were to brook that idea for a second and okay. pretend... Play with me in this space, Darcy. Let's pretend that these people are not uh, being completely genuine in their concern for the British jury, uh, as I'm sure they would put it. Uh, one might suggest... Sorry, it's a very funny word. That <laughs> One might suggest that they were... Uh, cynically adopting the language of anti-antisemitism to suggest that Jeremy Corbyn uh, was a lifelong anti-Semite. Uh, I think that's what he means when he said he's spent his entire life campaigning against racism and will spend the rest of his life campaigning against racism. Uh, basically, they suggested that Corbyn was a fucking massive anti-Semite, that Labour had a huge anti-Semitism problem under his leadership, that he actively uh, impeded any attempt to reform the party uh, for the better, and that-
1: Even though he actively reformed the party for the better, that's on the record. Yes, even, even though he
0: was the only Labour <laughs> leader in the past- In the history uh,
1: of the Labour Party yeah. who has ever attempted to address anti-Semitism. Yeah,
0: and to officially encode and a tolerance o- of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. The only Labour
1: leader in the history of the Labour Party who's actually had, like, accusations of anti-Semitism levelled at him. Mm. Even though I'm, I'm reasonably confident- yeah. He's not the only leader of the Labour Party. If he was anti Semitic to have been anti Semitic. But that wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter if there were other leaders in the past. In the history of the Labour no, Party. Who had been they're gone. He was the guy and it was up to him to do something about it.
2: Yeah.
0: And he did. Which he did, but not enough. Not enough. And he interfered, does he? He interfered in investigations into anti Semitic activity by Labour Party members. Yes,
1: yes, he was expediting the the uh, removal from the party of anti-Semitic elements.
0: Yes, which is an interference, which is...
1: It's convenient for us to just say it's an interference yes. and not explain what he was doing.
0: Yes, it is. And, uh, of course, there was other interference into these uh, processes by Labour right. Uh, now, now, hang on a second. Slow down, Kieran. So yes. Labour
1: right are the people who are in favour of the Jews. Yes. Which is why they frustrated attempts to reform the party to make its complaints process more effective. Yes. Because they were worried Mm. that if the complaints process was too effective, was too efficient, then that might be seen Mm. as being a kind of reverse racism form of anti-Semitism, whereby you take too much care of the Jewish
0: constituents. There's also, we have to be strategic. Because
1: favouritism... ...is a perverse mm. form of anti-Semitism. Mm. That must be said. Yes. So if they yes. were trying to head that off...
0: We can't tokenize or idolize the Jewish people.
1: They were they were perhaps quite rightly saying, we need to have mm. 0.3, 0.03% of the party being anti-Semitic yes. in order not to tokenize or or idolize the Jewish community.
0: Yes. And also to consider is that I know that the, the, the Blairite wing of the party... Uh, has always been <clears throat> the group of people who have put principles before everything. Before, well, before electoral strategy, they've always been principles first, strategy second. You can't subordinate principles to strategy. That's just not done. However, in this instance, perhaps if we were allowed to allow the process of addressing anti-Semitism to become too efficient, then that might reflect possibly uh, positively on Jeremy Corbyn. The most anti-Semitic man. Oh, I see. And so so if he
1: hmm. try, if he's too effective addressing anti-Semitism, then he'll get away with being anti-Semitic. Yeah, and we can't have that.
0: Yeah, exactly. We can't let him abuse any? the processes of addressing anti-Semitism to cover up his anti-Semitism.
1: But I suppose if we're going to make that argument, we'll need to find some proof that
0: he's an anti-Semite. Not necessarily. No. No, because isn't Rachel the fact Riley that- Rachel Riley wouldn't just say this. No, she's very smart. She has a maths thing. Mm. I've seen her. I've seen her add up. <laughs> yeah, it's true. She's She's got a great head for numbers, uh, which makes her more- I think that might- I think the joke that I was about to make might even be too distasteful for an <laughs> ironic little bit here. Uh, I was going to say it makes her more like- a Jew which is makes us uh, love her even right. more because <laughs> we are very these, good at maths these, apart yeah, from
1: yeah, me yes. I'm I'm a Jew who is not great at maths but you're an anti-semite well so. I have been informed actually since this whole thing broke out that I I must not be jewish which is not in the least bit anti-semitic <laughs>
0: <laughs> fuck it's a mess we do have proof luckily uh he did there were two confirmed cases of mm. anti-Semitism
1: in the Labour Party as a result of this investigation, and neither of- Corbyn the... was
0: anti-Semitic twice.
1: No, no, no. J- Jeremy Corbyn uh, actually oversaw both of the uh, f- members in question uh, departing from the Labour Party. Oh, I see. To yes, cover it was it was, uh, crimes? No, no, no. He just didn't like that they did anti-Semitic things, and so he- Interesting. Showed them the door. Yeah, that is curious. It is curious. There were 70- Complaints Mm. that were recorded of harassment. There were 18 what the report refers to as borderline cases of harassment, whatever the fuck that means. (laughs) (laughs) Go fuck yourself or don't. (laughs) I uh, may not like what you are, but I will defend to the death your right to be a fucking Jew. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe they just offered them a communion wafer. I don't know. Maybe they went to church as a friend and accidentally mm. got caught up in the Christian ceremony. <laughs> Who can say what borderline <laughs> harassment is? The report does use... So, harassment in this context, I should say, doesn't mean harassment. It just mm. means an act of offence. Sure. Harassment um, means that you have to be like maliciously and repeatedly behaving in a mm. offensive or dangerous fashion. Do you have to be targeting somebody persistently, effectively, is what harassment means. Mm. This means an incident occurred, right? And the reason that it is able to be employed in this singular non-harassment sense is because the question is not, is the person in the Labour Party guilty of committing harassment? It's, is the Labour Party itself guilty of committing harassment via its agents and employees? Which legally means... If somebody's employed in Labour Party business as an agent of the party or an employee of the party, Mm -hmm. and they do something anti-Semitic, that becomes then the Labour Party legally committing the act of anti-Semitism. So the language makes perfect sense from a legal perspective, but it does make it sound as though the Labour Party has been deliberately conducting anti-Semitic acts, not that people who work for the Labour Party are scum Which is foreseeable and true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, are not affiliated with the Labour Party anymore.
0: Yeah, sure. He did like because they were um, caught being anti-Semitic. Yeah, yeah.
1: By Jeremy Corbyn. Fucking
0: hell, Jeremy. (laughs) He did like that mural once in in a
1: while. Uh, Yes, I mean, I suppose we can say he liked the mural. He wasn't actually expressing enormous enthusiasm for the mural. He just said it was a shame that it got painted over because, I don't know, somebody else's mural in France or something had also been 200 years ago, and Jeremy Corbyn was like, I suppose it's a bit like that. Jeremy Corbyn's not like a savvy political communicator. I want to get that out of the way. He's (laughs) He's yeah. <laughs> the most like unskilled at politics politician in the history of Parliament. He's possibly. a great
0: populist. This is the problem. Oh, it's such a good populist that <laughs> that alone carried him as far as it did. But yeah, when it comes to the extremely underhanded fucking world of politics, not the canniest.
1: I think it maybe would have been better for the left if it had been John Macdonald's uh, turn to be the ticket for the left faction. Yeah. Because John Macdonald's prime ministership would have been a much more ruthless, disciplined and... Um, mean-spirited, but I think effective machine than Jeremy Corbyn's. I don't know a lot about John
0: MacDonald. John MacDonald
1: is much less like a vicar than Jeremy Corbyn is, and much more like a terrifying trade unionist with a big sledgehammer. Sure. Um, Or as I see it, an inspirational trade unionist with a big sledgehammer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's like an actual political theorist. He has a systemic class-based understanding of socialism, not a... I'm a kindly person who wants the world to be a gentler and better place understanding of socialism. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why um, there were so many shadow chancellor for pressure nosebleeds during the administration. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's hard to know in this because the left has been so like fallow for so long that we're trying out a bunch of things and seeing what works. And definitely what we've learned through Sanders and through Corbyn is that playing nice really only works up to a point, and that point is pretty far away from actual victory. There was a really astute... I can't remember. I wish I remember who
1: it was. But the the observation of Jeremy Corbyn's leadership and one of the fundamental problems with it is mm-hmm. that Jeremy Corbyn is an extremely courageous and principled campaigner when he can see an obvious enemy, but yeah. he's extremely conflict-averse if he perceives people to be allies. In other words, if he feels empathy for you, he struggles to be unkind or harsh with you, which is like a really desirable trait, I think, in most people. But yeah, it turns out when you're in a fucking snake pit, um, maybe not the wisest. It is that contradiction of
0: electoral politics where like the process of getting up to an election is... Basically designed to weed out people with principles and fucking yeah uh, positive positive personal qualities. It's
1: this process of the general public will complain endlessly about how politicians don't represent them, and then when somebody nice comes along, everybody goes a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, you're not very cul- you're very savvy. Yeah, not a very canny operator. Everyone turns into David Brent, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> realised yeah.
0: I was just doing a.
1: An odd Brentian thing. Yeah. Well, that's um, very
0: accurate to the average British
1: fucking. Yeah. Is this? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Everyone gets a house. How, how does that work? Yeah. Uh, taxes. Not likely. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's a shame how everyone in Parliament's an evil
0: bastard. I wonder why.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. Uh, but
1: anyway, yeah, so of the there were there the were basically, there have been two cases that this report identifies of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party. Yeah. And both of those cases were dealt with by Jeremy Corbyn. Those people are not in the party because of decisions he made as a leader of the party. Yeah. And so then this report comes out and Jeremy says, you know, because he's a political brain genius... <laughs> I don't agree with everything that's in the report, but I'm glad it's been done. And, you know, whether it's me or whether it's Keir Starmer, who I back as a person who doesn't like anti-Semitism. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But Jerry Goddard basically endorsed Starmer's leadership and capacity to complete the process of yeah. de-racializing the Labour Party. But because he didn't do it properly, he was yeah. decided. He was because- deemed anti-Semitic. We had this wonderful image of a knight of the realm and Queen's Council who owns land across the realm and mm. is clearly inflated by pork and foie gras. Yeah. Doing a fucking song and dance routine about who does and doesn't get to be at the Labour Party.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because Corbyn said he believed that the accusations of anti-Semitism had been exaggerated for political ends. Yes, which they obviously had been. Completely fucking correct. There's absolutely no doubt about that. Now, I haven't checked the timeline on this because I only heard it very recently, but do you know if there's anything to the, uh, the suggestion that Corbyn's statement came out half an hour before Keir Starmer's statement about who, uh, you know, who is and isn't allowed to be near the Labour Party <laughs> or part of the Labour Party. Because if it is like the the conventional narrative has been that Keir made this uh, statement saying that if anybody suggests that this is political or factional, it, despite the fact that it clearly is, yes, uh, then they shouldn't be anywhere near the Labour Party. And then Corbyn released his statement saying that it was political partly political or being abused for political purposes and then he was suspended by Kia.
1: My understand. Well, uh, there are allegations being made that Kia didn't suspend him, that it was the office of the leader of the party. Yeah, that, I find that's it very all, hard to believe that a party Arab Parachik would just suspend... Mm-hmm. The literal former leader without clearing it at all with the current. Yeah, one. There's, there's been That's conflicting not how reports systems there. with people in them work. <laughs> I think, yeah.
0: I think the sweet irony is that the official narrative is that Keir didn't personally intervene in the suspension of a party member. Oh, well, here comes this fascinating
1: idea of what intervention means. Yeah, yeah. But um, it seems like he. he I don't know the did. precise timeline in that. If that regard.
0: timeline is true, if Keir Starmer was maybe just half an hour late to the press conference because of the. He'd hit a cyclist with his car and had to. Uh, Please, because his driver had hit a cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it was Keir Starmer who hit a cyclist with his car. Oh. Like, accidentally? Yeah. Maybe he thought he could smell
1: marijuana and he just <laughs> flew into a <laughs> middle class <is> fury.
0: Citizens' <laughs> I yeah.
1: won't have any of
0: that reggae music devaluing my property, you've, uh, jack of yeah. nape. Caught a cyclist on a U turn. Uh, and then maybe fled the scene. There's like, it's, it's, I don't know. That's all just basically. Waddled away from the scene. Fucking tabloid tat, but, uh,. Anyway, yeah, Corbyn got suspended. He apparently learnt about his suspension from a photographer.
1: Yes, I was informed that it was the press who, a member of the press, unofficially
0: briefed him in, yeah. in the sense of, fuck me, is this true, Jez? <laughs> and him being, fuck me, is it? <laughs> wow, yeah. So,
1: uh. I certainly hope <clears throat> that I have not been suspended from the Labour Party. Mm. I'm going to eat musily in a particularly discontented fashion mm. while I contemplate my next source of action, course of action. Yeah. Um, it's a nonsense. It's- but it's a, it's a comprehensive purging of the progressive yes. faction of the party. It's yep. a return to the adults in the room, which is to say the people who aren't interested in labour values or issues. Yeah. It's basically the middle class claiming their party back from the hands of the workers.
0: Yeah, yeah. Being like all things- fucking dog
1: whistle. I don't mean Jews, but I don't <laughs> literally mean middle class. The middle, uh, <laughs> the fucking, you know, rad libs and fucking centrists yeah. Yeah. who have been in since Blair. Yeah.
0: A big part of it, of course, was uh, Corbyn's stance on Palestine. That can't be evaded as a topic, which for a particular set of political professionals is equated with the question of Jewish identity.
1: Yes. Well, look, obviously, like Zionism is not irrelevant to the question of Jewish identity. It's the question of whether or not you're looking at, you know, extrapolating from Israel and Zionism to Jews generally. Yeah. Yeah. Is, this is, And so is, many
0: people have pointed this out, that it's like, <laughs> criticising the government of Israel isn't anti-Semitic, but it is very possible to criticise the government of Israel in an anti-Semitic yes, way.
1: Yes, certainly it can be. Of course it can be. Um, and it is, in, 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 in lots of instances, that yep. are horrific and mortifying.
0: Mm.
1: However, um, it's impossible to be taken seriously as a moral human being if you're prepared to hand wave what's happening to the Palestinian people. Yeah. It is is completely impossible for you to be taken seriously as a moral agent, anybody of remote moral competence. Yeah. Right. And so you have this situation where somebody's anti-racist principles are effectively and deftly turned against them, there's a, a, a really lovely observation. I think I mentioned Oliver from Philosophy Tube when we were on our tea break. He does an episode on abuse, mm. right? Uh, and he points out that if if you're in an abusive relationship, it's very easy for a skilled abuser to take virtues and turn them against you, right? Yeah. Um, and this is not completely unlike the trick that was pulled on the Labour Party members and the British public with this, you know. But you're not a racist, Jeremy. Mm. You've always been in almost in this kind of like ironic repetition from Shakespeare, you know. Yeah. But Jeremy's an anti-racist. I know he's an anti-racist. So how can he be saying this about the Israelis? Oh, that's so weird. I know he's an anti-racist. So why did he commiserate the artist whose painting was covered up?
0: Yeah. It was, Why did he lay that wreath yes. on the fucking the <laughs> Muslim uh, terrorists' grave?
1: Yeah, it's fascinating the way it was done, and yeah. and 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 Jeremy Corbyn was kind of defenceless against it. He had absolutely no like matrix of uh, of <clears throat> defence worked out. He needed a he fucking attack He completely failed to anticipate this would happen, as I would. If I <laughs> Yeah If I was suddenly being accused of the like the overarching issue that people had with me wasn't that they thought my ideas were impractical or that, you know, I'd encounter too much opposition from the Americans or Europe or whatever. But it was like, no, actually, Darcy, my main issue is that you're a massive racist. I would be flabbergasted. <laughs> yeah. I'd have no idea how to respond <laughs> to that. Like that of all the list of things, that is it? I'm a racist? Yeah. And it doesn't help that, like, certainly some, you know, guys like us on the left do accept that our worldview has been damaged by racism. And that, you know, it's, like, a reflexive issue that we have because we were raised in a racist culture. That's something that can be easily used against you as well.
0: Yeah. That's that fucking little complication. Yeah. Acknowledgement opens you up. Yeah. And the just, yeah, the history of it, there are (laughs) enough... The history of Western politics is just so full of racists. It has been almost exclusively racists. Yeah. So it's very easy to tie things to that.
1: Boris Johnson is an active and
0: noisy racist. Well, this is the other thing, right? (laughs) Right. The that in in this furor astonishing in how this...
1: racist Boris Johnson
0: is <clears throat> yeah. all the time
1: super active. he manages to express racist sentiments while he's swallowing soup he's fucking incredible at it he's written a racist book <laughs> like he's written a racist book where he self identifies with P G Woodhouse's pastiche of fucking um Mosley Oswald Mosley he self identifies with Woodhouse's. Pastiche of Oswald fucking Mosley. Yeah. But he
0: doesn't- That's not important.
1: Doesn't even change the secret name of the secret- bother well, nature- He still calls it Ulili, the secret ladies' underwear shop. Doesn't change anything.
0: It's incredible. Yeah. He's really getting away with murder there. His,
1: his author, insert character, is a cartoon racist villain- like, and not just an incidentally racist villain, but the entire central plank of his villainy is a desire to turn Britain into a fucking race-based society.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, fuck. I can't come up with a Turner Diaries pun. But, like, imagine if there was a word "nerner" where "nerner" meant fat, incompetent idiot. <laughs> um, <clears throat> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In all of this furor over the 0.3%, the two cases, the whatever, uh, nobody has looked at uh, Islamophobic tendencies in British culture, which is truly fucking off the chain.
1: Yes. There's a conflation uh, of Muslims with pedophilia, which is unbelievable that British,
0: it is the The audacity of white British people fucking talking about pedophilia. Shut the fuck up, man. Yeah.
1: Especially fucking Tories. Like, Jesus wept.
0: When you were kids, you all fucking auditioned to be on the pedophile show with them. (laughs) The most nakedly obvious (laughs) pedophile the world has ever seen.
1: But hiding and playing sight in Britain as you could in the 70s, because everyone in 70s Britain looked like a sex criminal.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Really unfortunate cultural aesthetic (laughs) during that period.
1: Um, It was just the home of the nonce moustache for 15 solid years.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the nonce glasses as oh, the well the nonce glasses, yeah, was um, awful They haven't looked at Islamophobia in either of the parties They haven't looked at anti-Semitism in the Tory party Even though they have active investigations Uh that is into, correct. Well, so I guess there are people looking. But at believe it, but me, it hasn't been in they're not the going to process. look
1: at anti-Semitism in the Labour Party anymore, are they? Because Keir Starmer's in charge. Sir Keir Starmer yeah, is in yeah. charge now. And It'll it's all fucking again. go away.
0: They haven't even they haven't looked at the racism that just people who are kind of Muslimish get. Like I, I bet that Sadiq Khan would like a good faith uh, look into fucking racism in electoral politics, but I don't think he's going to get it. Is he?
1: No. No, I very much doubt he is. Even <clears throat> though he's their sweetheart, darling, and they pretend that they love him. Yeah. Yes, I don't think. Even as he be...
0: presides over the no police zones where, <laughs> where fucking Sharia law apparently exists.
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, in Sorry, the middle should...
0: of fucking London. It's the
1: liberal centrists who who love Sadiq. Obviously, not the mental Tories. Yeah. They yeah. believe that he is, uh, trying to set up some sort of emirate. In yeah. the city of London
0: It's fucking it's, it's again One of the most racist places in the world Yeah And this little fucking tiny they, they, They're using Britain it to is purge so- The one guy in the history of the party Who took actions as leader to address it
1: It is such a racist country That they still hang on to anti-fucking Celtic tropes From the 19th <laughs> yeah. century For fuck's
0: sake 100% <laughs> Oh fucking wild So fucking wild <laughs> It's hard to... It's hard to believe, really. They fucking... They've got a border in Kent because of how fucking racist they are. Yeah. It's insane.
1: And they still have a border in the island of Ireland. <clears throat> yes, yeah. They're unbelievable people. I think... I think that now that the coup has completed...
0: Oh, it'll simmer down, but what's um, the It'll simmer of, down. What's the future but it of will, the left?
1: The, the left in Labour are going to have another political generation in the wilderness, for sure. Yeah. Um, Especially once the progressive, like, demographic of Scotland is removed from the UK.
0: Yeah. Well, Um, then Labour will have a fucking generation in the wilderness because without... With everybody turning to the fucking... uh, The SDP? uh, No, the uh, the uh, Scottish National Party. SNP, yeah. Uh, In Scotland and turning to smaller parties across the north or just going full fucking reactionary across the north.
1: The SDP are the traitors who split from Labour in the eighties to form the Liberal, sorry, the Social Democrats, yeah, and then yeah. formed the Liberal Democrats. Yeah,
0: the fucking worm tongue party, like, yeah, <laughs> just fucking congenitally treacherous. I don't understand I mean, how people keep falling for the fucking Lib Dems.
1: Because there was a period when um, that Scotsman was in charge during the Iraq War, where he was the only like principled party leader in parliament, basically. I've forgotten. Charles Kennedy. Charles Kennedy's leadership made a lot of people think that the Lib Dems were going to be a good third party. And then um, they got rid of him because he had a drinking problem, possibly because he was the leader of the fucking Liberal Democrats.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. But then uh, after Clegg Clegged it, they still somehow keep managing to do this thing where people are like, oh, the fucking Lib Dems and write them off. And then just before the next election, they're like, how can we interfere in the most harmful way possible? We're the, we're the only third party in the world who's a literal spoiler party. Yeah. yeah Joe Swinson's
1: thing was <clears throat> truly bizarre, wasn't it? Because there was no coherency at all to the Lib Dem policy suite going no. into the last election. It was literally just... Well,
0: anti-Brexit was there. Idea. Yeah, that's they true, but that wasn't
1: part the... of a comprehensive policy. No, so no, no, no,
0: no, no, no. no,
1: You're right. Like there was no, and this, this this was great. There was absolutely no bit of you know, we'll address the reasons why you wanted to leave the European Union. There was mm. it was just no. We will reverse the decision, and you will fucking deal with yeah. it. Yeah.
0: And you pig people. Like most analysis that looks at the last you general wrong election, voters. yeah. Most analysis looking at the last election state shows that that's why Labour lost the election because they changed their under fucking the, the the insistence of Keir Starmer changed their policy platform to a people's vote. Yes, referendum two point If
1: Jeremy Corbyn had actually followed his own gut and crook um, campaigned for Brexit. When the initial referendum was happening, I think he probably would have been the next prime minister and we wouldn't be in this mess. Yeah.
0: And I'm a fucking soft middle-class dipshit and I'm theoretically anti-Brexit as well. I understand where the Remainers are coming from because obviously as it's actually... It's not that I don't think that Corbyn's fucking visions for uh, Britain free from the...
1: It's very important to note that because the UK still have a sovereign currency. A lot of the really horrible things about being in Europe don't really affect them. Yeah. Um, And all of the reasons why people thought they hated Europe were actually purely because of the government in Westminster. Um, However, a lot of Brexit voters knew that it was parliament's fault they just wanted it was the only revenge they could get yeah yeah was to remove these swine from their precious brussels basically (laughs) yeah it wasn't because they were like oh now that our guys have all the power everything will be fine they're not working class people aren't stupid yeah they're definitely not as stupid as middle class people i'll tell you that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i think you might be right um yeah 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 uh i'm just a pessimist and i don't think that a left brexit could have pulled it off any better than a right brexit just because the world is shit and we don't get anything that we want um for sure i think a
1: left brexit would be better than a right but, brexit though oh yeah um, fucking a hundred percent because you know at least the nhs wouldn't get sold yeah yeah yeah. no no no
0: a hundred percent i'm th- i'm theoretically for a left brexit i'm not trying i'm just trying to say that i understand the like the impulse St. Martin's to be College like a becomes Trump london yeah Yeah, I I can see the impulse. I understand the impulse for a people's vote and to try and get Remain back on the ticket or whatever. However, you had as much of a fucking stitch up shit show as it was. You had the fucking referendum. The worst thing that a government can do or propose to do is to be like, actually.
1: Having a referendum that you don't mean is a fucking incredible expression of political incompetence.
0: Yeah. And contempt.
1: Yeah. As, Absolutely. As, David Cameron deserved to lose, like, hard. He's.
0: Everybody is getting their just desserts, I'll say that. So I know that Starmer reminds it, me
1: of nobody more than David Cameron, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, I He's can say fe- that. He, he has, like, a better presence than David Cameron, which I think comes from the fact that he actually had a career and learnt skills over the course of his life, which yeah. obviously doesn't apply to anybody. wasn't just wiling time
0: the- fucking a pig's head, like.
1: Yeah. Cameron. Like, so I think one of the things that the liberal darlings love about Keir Starmer is that he has an air of competence that comes from the fact that he used to have a job that he was good at. Yeah. Like his work as a human rights lawyer in Belfast was good work. Sure. um, But his realisation that he could get more police reform done from the inside of the tent uh, will have predictable results, I I suspect. Yeah. I say realisation, his decision that that was
0: what... A better way
1: to fix human rights
0: yeah um things were just so much simpler under blair things were really when, simple under when late la- when when the world was at a complete standstill and everything would have been fine if we just kept it in stasis under the guy who was complicit in one of the worst yeah but it
1: was simple it was simple
0: right it's always simple when you've got Murdoch on side. That's a good sign. I've always thought when Murdoch stumps for your guy for a change, that's a sign that you're on the right track.
1: What was this headline in the Sun? If socialism has an acceptable face, it's that of Tony Blair. I think well, you mean capitalism.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the implication there is that for Murdoch, socialism doesn't have a
1: well. No, I mean, an that, acceptable which face. is true. I just yeah. wish he'd said that. It would have been. <clears throat> I w- I would love for him to just
0: crack it does, one day and that say wouldn't... it was
1: never for you, you idiots. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, it's shit. What do you reckon? A third party, or oh, you know,
1: I don't want the Labour left to form a third party. Um, yeah. I want them to stay in the Labour Party and continue fighting and doing what they're doing. Mm. Um, and just it's one of the things about progressive politics is we get these like optimism rushes. Yeah. Like right? we get these moments where we think you don't know, did you remember like the George not the George the LucasArts point and click adventure games mm-hmm. that you played as a child where the solution was always like, Oh, you have to use the handkerchief with the cuckoo clock over the sink. Yep or something that made no actual sense other than in
0: a dream, but it yeah. would work. And you, Every you, answer was a joke from the developers <laughs> yeah. at the expense of the player.
1: Basically. And you, but you would spend, you know, hours in one tiny room, and but you would have these moments of wild enthusiasm. You'd think, I've got it! I've got it! I know how it works! And it never did. You would only ever solve the problems by accident. Yeah. And it's, left-wing politics is a little bit like that. You know, we spend hours in these rooms yeah. and we get really excited at times because we think mm. we've solved the problem and we never have. But we do, by persevering, we do accidentally solve problems and change does happen. Yeah. It's really unfortunate on the left that a lot of our progress has, you know, failed on the economic front and it has. But but tremendous things have been achieved on the social front, right? Yeah. Through diligence and through determination and activism if you had said 30 years ago that you were in favour of gay rights, that you believed that gender wasn't biological but was in fact a trait of personhood mm. that was, you know, more abstract and complicated than that and that yeah. the government should recognise it, people would have thought you were like a Maoist extremist, right? Yeah. Now that's more or less Mainstream opinion, despite what screaming psychos on the right will tell you. Yeah, you know? yeah. Most people are completely fine with gender theory, with race, critical race theory, with yeah. sexuality.
0: Basically, anybody who doesn't knows make big anybody. impressions on people anymore. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But it feels like we're not getting anywhere because we're stuck on the economics front. Well, yeah. If you it's, think it's about it in terms of the fact that we. Well. It's, it is, for sure. But if you think about it in terms of. We we really only need to find a way through the economic problem, and I know the economic problem is vast and complicated. But yeah. if you look at the success that the left has had on social issues, and 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 it's that social issues angle that I think is the key to unlocking the economic issues angle.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Social progress is real. One of the one of the reasons we're so despairing is because we get stuck in this extremely like one o one materialist class reductionist. Perspective, And we go, oh, the social progress doesn't fucking matter unless it's accompanied by economic progress. It doesn't matter as much if it's not accompanied by economic Mm. progress, but it's still tangible results. Yeah, it's definitely good. Whenever we achieve anything, we immediately find ways to undermine it and pretend it doesn't matter. Or, you know, well, you know, it should have been fucking obvious and done ages ago or what have you. I'm like, yeah, but we don't live in a world of shoulds and shouldn'ts. If we did, then we wouldn't be necessary in the first place. Yeah. It has
0: to be conceded. You're right. Uh, As much as the, like, we should have women pulling the trigger on fucking drones. Shit is noxious. We do. It's good that trans people, for example, don't have to live their entire life in fucking paralyzing social agony, even though outlooks are still bad for trans people. But...
1: There's that Chapo joke, I think it's from Amber Frost originally, that like the problem is that the soul harvester is being driven by the wrong kind of person. And that is like a valid critique of liberal identity politics.
0: Yeah. Well, but, that that is the complexity that I think makes, and I don't want to yuck your yum, Darcy, but <laughs> you can't that, help that, yourself. <laughs> that makes the economic problem so pernicious is the social problems have been unlocked usually when it's become more profitable to unlock them than to keep them locked up basically so it's that perverse individualistic liberation thing that is the sort of positive kernel of capitalism that was crucial in the transition from a feudal society that still has some benefits like now the pink dollar and the gay dollar are huge so women and gay people get more rights and Coincidentally, as more people are accepted into the workforce, wages are suppressed further and stuff like that. Like It's a very fucking complicated kind of thing. The problem is that, as I see it, is not that those social things aren't material victories and that we shouldn't be fucking happy about them because we should. It's it's absolutely better that we have uh, more freedom of uh, self-expression and self-identification and, and stuff like that and for people to live lives that are less miserable than they would have been a few decades ago. However, given that most of those victories have been achieved off the back of their value to the market, or... I,
1: I think you're being too pessimistic. I think the commodification follows the liberation. I don't think it causes
0: it. I mean, you could be right. You could be right.
1: Remember, so there yeah, is definitely. there is a kernel of truth to the idea of the mm. entrepreneur, which is that this, we do live in a system that can commodify absolutely anything. Yeah, and maybe, will maybe, commodify absolutely. Maybe anything. I'm just putting the
0: cart before the horse.
1: Um, and it is like you know, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's painful to see a euphoric social moment turn into the pink dollar the next day in the financial crisis, <laughs> Yeah. for yeah. sure. But it's, it's still progress. It's still a real tangible, it is real tangible things of, of pressure and activism.
0: I just feel like the economic stuff is going to be harder to shift or, or rather it's not that it's going to be harder to shift. It's, it I, will be the,
1: impossible to shift as long as we keep abstracting it.
0: I think the problem with it is, or maybe, I don't know, uh, This seems inevitable to me now, and I would love to be wrong, and I hope I'm wrong, but it seems like that won't shift without inflection points.
1: At the moment, so here's actually- this is a way to sort of loop this back to the Corbyn conundrum, right? Yeah. And it's that fucking mural, okay? So, anti-Semitism is so deeply baked into our society, right? Like, witches have Semitic traits. Most Hollywood villains have Semitic traits. Mm -hmm. Most theories of- um economic inequality have like expressions of anti-Semitism buried deep within them because of this demon Jew banker that is a real trope in Western society, right? Yeah. So this moron from America goes to paint a mural in, I don't know, doesn't does it matter where it was? Somewhere in Britain. I, I can't remember was, where the yeah. mural was. We painted a mural that, as far as he was concerned, was a very clear critique of class and corruption and capitalism. But because of the deep set anti-Semitism in our culture, he did fill it with anti-Semitic nonsense, right? Like the people, the workers who were the table on which the game of Monopoly was being played were the sort of faceless drones that you see in like traditional fascist propaganda. There was the stupid... Illuminati fucking eye in the sky. It's a tacky
0: choice as well
1: as... It's a a tacky choice. As well as a
0: dumb one. And there's a
1: moron off to the left, which is left out of most of the murals, who's literally holding a sign that has New World Order written on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's not clear whether he's a protester or an advocate. It's a bad mural. Mm. But because we keep, like, alienating economic problems as being fights in and of themselves to which there's no relevance of any kind of other social progress Mm. we don't address this baked in anti-semitism within the discussion of economic problems and the fact that if you just focus on that abstracted economic issues then you can always be attacked from the right and the center as being anti-semitic and engaging in tropery yeah um and so i think for the left to be able to like substantively hold and economic argument with the centre in society, which is possible. Mm. It has to be done through the same mechanisms of, like, education and activism that enabled the social change to happen. Because economic change is social change. Yeah, yeah. It's it's literally just expanding it to the formal financial structures.
0: I'm in complete agreement. I just uh, feel like we've had the benefit of not being up against the wall uh, with regards to the social stuff. The, that stuff really started when history was at a standstill, as we remember, when everything was completely silent and all we had to do was just spin into the universe in in eternity and perfect our near-perfect forms, like the fucking Elohim out of Zardoz, or Aliyah, or whatever they're fucking called. I think that might be anti-Semitic. I'm not sure. Probably. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> Why not? Throw it in.
0: <laughs> yeah. Throw it in. Which is the perfect environment actually to, to sort of start that, that process of perfection and education and uh, awareness and stuff like that. I think that we are end gaming in a lot of different ways. Like climate change alone is one thing that we all know that we're fucking coming up against in yeah. the very near future. And also the, like the intractability of corruption in, uh, in Governments in the West, well, everywhere, everywhere, but the ones that we always bang on about in the West, the Anglophone West, particularly, I mean,
1: you can't separate any kind of government corruption from the global liberal capitalism. Like all government corruptions are part of the same. Corruption, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, yes. just not an anti-Semitic trope. Fuck you. <laughs>
0: I knew it. Um, There are actually
1: very few few Jewish people at the top of international finance. There are very, very few, even proportionally. Yeah. There's like seven.
0: (laughs) That's a very mystical number. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It just feels like it's not going to happen without without crisis. It really feels like we need, or not we need, but we need A, like a lot of fucking time, uh, or B... An inflection point, uh, some sort of, uh, what's the word? Some sort of catalytic event that feels like the only way that these things are going to fucking shift in a lot of ways. Really, to me, the economic question. It doesn't feel like it's going to be a gradual, peaceful uh, transition.
1: Well, but it wasn't a gradual, peaceful transition for, like, gay
0: rights either. No, but it, like... I don't know, but you can institute little things like healthcare reform in the US, maybe they'll get it and that would be great. But the overarching structure of capitalism is is a bigger problem. Like you can you can break it down into digestible chunks and do all of those things and end up in a sort of Nordic situation where uh Things are comparatively very stable. And yeah, good for so people. you can that view might be like a fine... the
1: Nordic countries basically demonstrate to us that you can use social democracy as a way to basically like stabilize the condition. Yeah. You know, in the emergency ward sense of, hey, that's not going to kill you yeah. anymore. Yeah.
0: Well, this sure. is what fucking kills me is that like I could, if somebody gave me the levers of power tomorrow, I could save capitalism from itself. <laughs> yeah. Well, By just giving the left what they want broadly, materially. This without... is one of the ironies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, but to really stop, I mean, I don't know. This is above my pay grade. To really stop the rapacious kind of uh, meta structure of how we deal with this shit and the, the profit motive, and to to be like, well, how can we start eliminating work? How can we start eliminating money at some point? We're going to potentially have to do this. Because when we eliminate work, the distribution of money is going to become a much thornier question. And it might be more directly resource-based. And then how do those dynamics, those really large conceptual shifts, how do they play off against the fucking water wars? And really, the libertarians might end up getting their day. And it might end up just being a fucking warlord situation.
1: Yeah, well, look... Sure, the end of civilization is inherently anarcho-capitalist, like, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's just the default might-is-right situation. Yeah. Um, and they will still complain, because probably their yeah. warlord won't let them lower the age of consent as low as they want it to be. Yeah. It'll be like 12 or something, which will be way too high
0: for them. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Wait until they learn what a power vacuum is. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, the know. ultimate market solution.
0: Yeah. Um, but, like, uh, if I can tie it back to the Jab Wurrung thing to, to end us on a really positive note, we have all of these social things. We have a greater, a gradual greater visibility of Indigenous people in culture. And uh, we start to understand that there are markets there that we can empower uh, that we can increase the visibility of Indigenous people in our media, that we can even greenlight Indigenous cultural productions. We've started paying much, l- like, our, the attention that we paid to Indigenous uh, writers was pretty fucking patronising for a long time, and it's starting to get better. Especially so since start- it turned
1: out that they're the best writers in Australia. <laughs> yeah, typically, awkward. because they weren't
0: part of that okay. dominant ideology of just like, there let's write stories. stories Yeah. Every book doesn't have to be a tedious, literary, <laughs> realistic fucking story about nothing. Who would have thought? Um, uh, Peter Cary. But we're, we're, we're starting to give uh, Peter. some real voice to that or, or whatever. But yeah, fundamentally, sure. the problem is that the structure of the state and capital still rests upon their fucking land. And so, when it comes down to it, the instruments are still going to fucking destroy them in a way that can't be reconciled just by inclusion in our state because that'll be the final erasure is when we that's the American descendants of slavery thing Yes well' like, like this fundamental, irreparable violence.
1: The solution there. I'm thinking of isn't like perpetuating um, liberal social progress and and hoping that it magically transmutes into economic progress in time to save the world from all of the things that are on the horizon. Like, you know, there's plastic pollution. There's issues with agricultural productivity as we deplenish um, phosphate supplies around the world. Oh yeah. Um, So we might not be able to feed everyone, which will be fun. Yeah. That will be good. There's a lot of.
0: (laughs) I'm certainly not suggesting that you're a Lib. (laughs) And I know that we've.
1: Uh, I've had a lot of aspersions cast at me over the past, <laughs> over, over this Corb cool and anti-Semitism thing. Yeah. Um, I agree
0: with you fundamentally. We should, we should see the economic fight as smaller achievable things and glory in the victories and also not wrap everything up in fucking massive electoral politics.
1: Uh, stabilizing the like condition of the patient isn't necessarily the doctor selling out <laughs> and attempting to secretly kill the patient. Yeah. Well it's better than dying. It's better that yeah, fuck yeah it is. Um, and harm reduction is a thing.
0: There are little slivers of harm
1: word, minimization and harm reduction are things. Settle down. Yeah. I'm not saying that we shouldn't fight for change. I'm just saying that we
0: shouldn't neglect things that can be done yeah because they're not yeah a hundred percent
1: and you know we do
0: need to identify doable fights and on the whole the left probably could benefit from from less of us talking about world politics is so that we know what the fuck we're talking about and more focusing locally and seeing what can be done locally that's and true. stop stop because like it's inherently paralyzing to view well, the entire problem so isn't? interesting
1: yeah. It's such a grand narrative, and you know what I'm like here, and I can't help myself yeah. with grand narratives.
0: But it's a hobby, is what it is. Like, really, at the at the really big level, it's not activism or whatever, which is not... I'm not trying to be scoldy either. But uh, I don't know. It would be good if maybe people were a little more locally focused, which is advice I could take myself as well. But just as the, as the window of hope has now basically closed on electoral politics in the Anglosphere...
1: Yeah, certainly for the time being.
0: Um, Corbyn out, Sanders out. Who knows what 2024 will bring in the US, but I'm not fucking optimistic.
1: One of the ways that the conservatives have gotten away with their cultural crimes and that the left are being prosecuted for imagined cultural crimes Mm. is that conservatives have robust cultural institutions that the left don't. Yeah. Um, For example, unions, right? Conservatives have their fucking... um, uh, uh, Like social clubs on a degree that progressives don't. Yeah. Right? And that includes churches, that includes, you know, Rotary, the Country Women's Association, yeah. shooting clubs, Little St. James Island. A lot of island. bowls clubs, Little St. James Island. Mm. There's all sorts of, but I'm talking about a local level, Kieran. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's conservatives local have, an, well, is it? I suppose, do, do people, it's when a you private got, island. When like, you've got a private jet in your backyard, a, everywhere's well, yes, local. A fair point. That is, a, I thought you meant like Caribbean people. who But I guess he does have people who live on the island, doesn't he? Yeah, I'm but sure, he has, local if it's I'm sure you, he has. local. I'm sure he has de facto you, slaves. If you work there, though. No, you're right. You're 100% um, right. I
0: apologise. No, yeah, that's all right. I apologise to you. I apologise to the Epstein uh, estate.
1: <laughs> that's good, because, you know, that level of anti-Semitic harassment is really not on,
0: Kieran. I, yeah, I can only apologise. Get out of the Labour Party. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> <laughs> but we. Need, but, but, I've started laughing like Russell Howard. I have to stop extre- doing that.
1: That's okay. I've started, I started years ago. I started to laugh like Jimmy Carr. I don't even know when it happened. It's mm. extremely bad though. Uh, the yeah, sorry. So the work of building progressive social institutions is something that we can do on a local level. Yeah, right. Um, if you work in hospitality, join HOSPO Voice. It's only yeah. ten dollars a month at the moment. To be mm. a member of the union It's a very dynamic, young, interesting organisation Building social connections is part of social progress Yeah and It's particularly
0: hard for some people It uh, is In this day yes, of extreme atomization.
1: That's right But unless the atomization is resisted and reversed We won't win, right. right? We can't wait for capitalism to end And then be like, yay, we're not atomized anymore We yeah. have to coalesce around each other Yeah um, that is how, despite being a minority of the population, conservatives are still able to dominate politics. Yeah. That and, obviously, the financial backing. Um, but a lot of it is to do with the fact that they've got far more robust, cohesive yeah. social organizations behind them. They've yeah. got a logistical advantage, is what I'm saying, as well yes. as the financial. One.
0: A logistical advantage, which also allows them to not get fucking gaslit into abandoning their principles like the... The yes. Center is obsessed with doing that's with itself right. and other people.
1: and but it also is why the conservatives are able to have robust anti semitic organizations like the Tory party yeah and be the ones somehow prosecuting a successful war against the anti-racist government faction yeah uh, on 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 that bound on the on those grounds yeah you know social cohesion is fucking important, yeah, especially if you want to have a revolution, you really need a cohesive that's true society to ferment revolutionary activity. It's
0: not called the mum's basement putsch. It's you know, called the I, I remember beer a, what was putsch. it? I shouldn't be.
1: One comparing. of the fucking ridiculous Reddit Revolution's or Cora or something, but it was some Marxist Lenin cunt going, I think anarchists are just rad libs, actually. Yeah. I probably not even really serious about it. Do you, you know what really, I mean? Yeah, we've and got it's to like,
0: stop that shit. No
1: no firstly no one cares. I don't even know if I'm an anarchist or a communist. I'm not interested in the distinction. It's not not an interesting question for me. Yeah. The fact is that, like... What's
0: the material threat (laughs) that the anarcho-communists or whatever fucking minor faction of the extremely splintered left really pose to politics at the moment that you feel justified... In calling them out.
1: Oh, my God. Also, it's like, there's this, like, oh, no, you discovered I'm a rad lib. I'm dissolving in the sunlight. Yeah. <laughs> this is what's so frustrating about They're fucking... not rad libs, by the way. It's a ridiculous suggestion. Yeah, yeah. But
0: <laughs> So, what's so frustrating about Amy Therese is her whole thing is just, like, identifying every leftist and being, like, lib. Yeah. <laughs> because she's a fucking- crypto-fascist or some shit. I don't know what the fuck I think it's there,
1: probably psychologically impossible to be purely committed to revolution to the exclusion of every other concern that you could conceivably have as a human being. Yeah. No one has that level of brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> fuck off. Yeah. Like, maybe when the crunch actually comes and a revolution starts, you can switch into that level of kind of just animal warfare... Yeah. mentality. It's
0: not a bad idea to have But there's no an eye way on the that you can the...
1: just go through 60, 75 years of life yeah. and only be interested in revolutionary activity and not ever in like what's for dinner or yeah. if you're going to get fucked or not what, ever anything. En- <laughs> not ever
0: engage in the fucking uh culture in which you live. I, and I so yeah, I <laughs> Definitely, but
1: also we have to accept as leftists as well that different cultures and societies will have different expressions of what a leftist culture and society looks like. Maybe you can be an anarcho-syndicalist in one context and a Marxist-Leninist in another context because, you know, different societies have different expressions and stages of development and progress. Yeah. Maybe that's a thought. Maybe everything's not from the point of view of an American coastal
0: twat. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Fucking hell. America needs to get its shit together. Like a hundred, like everybody in the country needs to.
1: Yes, that's true. But leftists who are not in America, I know I've said this before, could really stop just blindly parroting everything they hear from American leftists. Yeah. You
0: don't have to do that and they don't make you do it. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Uh, and I say that as somebody who's uncommonly badly poisoned with American fascination. I agree.
1: Yeah, so am I. Like most of the popular um, thought leaders that we listen to are yeah. American. It's yeah. you know, it's 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 unfortunately but distinctly true. Yeah, um, it's also
0: where shit is going down. So yeah, for left, sure. Left politics in Australia is boring. It's, it's
1: the cool well, America's the current Rome. You know, yeah. it's where the big things are happening. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're more important in the or, 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 or more accessible, or that they have to be. Yeah. Uh, leftist politics in Australia is boring because we haven't built a cultural community yet. Mm. So maybe we can focus on that. Yeah. Um, maybe we should think of ways... Maybe if you, listening to this, if you're still listening to this for fuck knows what reason, would like to write into us with a suggestion for uh, a, a, a new and exciting leftist space... You can Mm. do so at weaknessforbleakness at gmail.com. There are no tricks with the spelling. Jeremy Corbyn's not an anti-Semite, and neither was the Labour Party under his direction. That's Mm. what the report says. It says that in the report. Mm. Even though the report authors are trying to say that that's not what their report says, if you ignore their words and just look at their numbers, that's what the report says. It's all lies.
0: Yep, agreed. Uh, you can also follow us at Week for Bleak on- and you can't de-Jewify
1: me for saying that, you <laughs> weird hypocrites. Yeah. Um, I'm like yeah, being yeah. menaced with a crucifix by a Christian <laughs> <and> screaming <laughs> anti-Semite, no! Yeah. <laughs> it's always an interesting time to be a Jew. That is one thing I will say about Jewish culture. There has never been a boring time to be one of us.
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, there was that one year in the- st- 13th century but that was just a coincidence really um uh yes you can follow us at week for bleak on twitter although i don't think uh yeah it'll just tell you when a new episode goes up which can be useful because we update so irregularly uh i guess it's been a mega uh no amount of state legalistic mumbo jumbo uh cup and ball game will ever make the erasure of somebody's cultural site okay if they are on the ground telling you that it's not. That you, is correct. It doesn't matter if you don't
1: think it's culturally significant. That's not how it works. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Because uh, culture is a very subjective experience.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wait until I tell you how most of the world feels about Australian barbecues. You fucking.
1: It's just a hot plate. Piggies. I'm with the rest of the world on this. If it's just a hot plate outside, it's not a barbecue. Barbecue is supposed to be indirect cooking.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of things, but I think you should have a proper fucking flame, maybe. That's what I mean.
1: It has to be indirect. You can't just have a metal hot plate or a fucking gas flame stove top and be like, this is a barbecue. It's not. It's just a kitchen outside.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. My frying pan is square, and it sits... (laughs) directly over it might the Might be
1: like a gas. more pleasant way to cook the food, yeah. I'm sure it is, but it, the food itself is the same as
0: Luckily, the grill normal pill normal kitchen food. The, the grill pill phenomenon has has spread to Australia and I see a lot of Australian leftists experimenting with proper smoking and real barbecue, so that's encouraging.
1: Oh, well it is encouraging if you uh, if you are a carnivore or yeah. if you're a herbivore well, you because can, you, you can, can have... Uh, you can have beautiful smoked jackfruits and things. Yeah. I'll this tell you
0: what's really fucking good on a charcoal barbecue. I imagine it's very good in a smoker smoked as well. watermelons
1: actually really good. I've heard
0: this, watermelon. but I'll tell you what's really fucking really tasty. You get an eggplant, mm. you cut it up into to I already slices. love it. Eggplant's one of my favorite things to eat. Oh, when are you, when are you when you cook it over a charcoal fire, or presumably in a smoker, egg smoked eggplant is just. I have so infused good.
1: eggplant with a smoky flavor on just a like kitchen grill thing. Yeah, you know the grill bit of the oven. Yeah, it's incredible. It takes forever because there's obviously no smoke. You have to turn the eggplant into the source of the smoke without yeah. destroying the eggplant. Yeah. it's it's a it's a juggle.
0: But, this is uh, this is what anybody oof. from from oh. particular parts of the oh. world would have been able to tell you oh. anyway, but yes, oh. co-signed. Just chuck it on the barbie with uh, whatever else you're doing. doesn't
1: work so well with zucchini. Zucchinis are not an alternative to eggplants. Different. They're different yeah. things.
0: You can do them on... I've done them on the, the barbecue, but they're definitely not as... Not the same smoking thing. same. Oh, no, definitely not.
1: Zucchini really comes into its own when it's a, a, a vehicle for sauce.
0: That's true. That's true. Grated zucchini in a pasta sauce. Now mm, it's sort of. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that's us. See you bye.